Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free. You can bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. Joining you here tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there for free. We've got listening options, so maybe you don't. Uh, you don't get the show on a local talk radio station. You can get it online. Go to listen.freetalklive.com, and you can get it around the clock, 24-7, the latest episode airing there, listen.freetalklive.com. So, Mark, did you hear about what's happening this weekend in Washington, D.C.? Hold on. Isn't there a march? Yeah, it's a rally. It's a rally Is to... Is this the John Stewart rally? Yeah, yeah, the rally to restore sanity. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> of course, it begs the question that uh, was there ever sanity in Washington, D.C.? <laughs> and if so, when? Uh, but nonetheless, I think it's, you know, it's kind of fun because Glenn Beck, of course, earlier this year made a big splash, I suppose, by having a bunch of people show up in Washington, D.C. I don't know, however many hundred thousand of them, 500,000, something like that. I'm a whole not really sure. bunch of them. Uh, and I guess this is uh, John Stewart's turn to kind of uh, riff on that, and I think you know that's it's it's pretty smart. It's a cool cool idea. I think there'll be an interesting crowd of folks out there. The rally to restore sanity. Yeah, you better hope that some people show up uh, if you're going to do something like this. Especially I think John Stewart can get some people to show I th- up. I think so yeah. too. But if you're going to do it just to kind of make fun of Glenn Beck, maybe maybe there's. Um Less of a motivation to get there. You know, the, the Glenn Beck, Beck no, crowd... No, I don't think sees- it's making fun exactly of Glenn Beck. I think it's just kind of riffing on it to some extent. Okay. Like, I, anyway, you know, it was the, uh, the NPR uh, reporters were told they weren't allowed to go in, in a non-official capacity to sort of attend the rally. That's correct. Yeah, they're not allowed to do anything political in, in any sort of capacity. Yeah, but they weren't told not to attend the Glenn Beck rally. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. You wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, 800-259-9231, if you're going, uh, I, I do know that there's, uh, I know of at least one person who's going to be attending this, and so um, hopefully we'll get a report back. Also, hopefully the Free State Project will show up there and do some outreach and flyering, because, uh, or any liberty-minded organization, because it would seem to be a ripe group of, of folks, you know, people who are frustrated. A lot of the people that I would think would be attending this particular rally, being people that watch Jon Stewart, would be folks who maybe initially were pretty excited about Barack Obama and now are less than enthusiastic. Would you, wouldn't you think? I would think so. I mean, yeah. you know, it, 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 it's, it stands to reason. So a nice, ripe crowd for the ideas of liberty. So uh, that's going to be happening this weekend. But what is particularly amusing is what is happening in, I guess, not in tandem, but there's a, there's a group of people that are going to hold a rally to sort of bleed off the uh, the John Stewart crowd. Okay. They're, they're holding a, a rally simultaneously, or as they're calling it, a march. The government doesn't suck march. What? Oh, this is, this is one of the, the, the best stories I've heard so far. And you can look at it from different perspectives, but the, uh, the Washington Post Federal Eye Reporting that amid growing dissatisfaction with federal employees, a group of younger, web-savvy feds are planning to march on Saturday in defense of their co-workers on the sidelines of John Stewart's rally to restore sanity. Organizers of the Government Doesn't Suck March, that's what they're calling it, were inspired in part by last week's Washington Post poll that revealed widespread negative perceptions of federal workers. Huh. Why would that be? <laughs> Why That's people, just federal workers, mind you. Why would people think things negative about the feds? Uh, anyway, so the March organizer, Steve Ressler, who's the founder of GovLoop, which is a social networking website for public servants, uh, 
he's founded this. He says, we hear a day in and day out. The government sucks, federal employees are lazy, and their positions are redundant. It's time to turn the tables and remind the world that government employees just happen to be people. People that don't suck. The people may very well not suck. Uh, some of them may. I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't claim to know these folks. What I would claim is, is um, that people that work for a bureaucratic organization are incentivized to act in a bureaucratic fashion. And bureaucracies suck. So people working within the bureaucracies suck. They may very well be good individuals that tell the truth, treat their kids good, uh, love their, their spouse, or, and whatever it is that they do that would make a person good. But they work for an organization that improperly services its clientele. Literally sucking off of the productivity of the people in the voluntary society, of the people uh, that uh, interact with one another on a consensual basis. We don't steal from our clients. We offer them a service, a product, in response for and return for a consideration of their money or gold or silver or something like that. Uh, the government doesn't work that way. Most people work that way. You and I, most of us, uh, list, most of you listening to this, uh, we all interact consensually with one another, but the government doesn't. So literally, they're like a parasite. And that doesn't mean that these well, people are, are wait, believe wait. that they're parasites or, or think about that. Uh, and you're right, Mark. They may be very, very nice folks in their personal life. But what they're doing is just backwards. And it's... It sucks. It does suck. And, and I think this is particularly interesting because... Well, these people are, are, they must be feeling some kind of ostracism, don't you think? In order to come out and have this huge, well, well I don't know how huge it'll be. We'll find out, right? Uh, in order to have this march, and it's probably not going to be that hard to get government They're employees They're not going to get paid out. for it, though, right? That's, that's true. And it's going to be during the work day. On a Saturday? No, oh, is that a Saturday? not for a federal okay. government worker. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it shouldn't be that hard to get government people uh, to show up to a Washington, D.C. march. Uh, but it's interesting, you know... They're, they're holding at the right place, at I, the right time. Are they getting razzed by their friends for being government employees? What's Wait, happening like to, to these people? I, I would like to uh, address the, the government uh, employees are a bunch of parasites statement. Um, I, I Okay, so... Government employees do all kinds of services that are useful and things that would exist in the marketplace. Um, there would be protection organizations and forms of military and policing organizations. There'd be there roads, would, likely. There would be roads. There would be uh, firefighters. There would be, I don't know, you name your government bureaucracy. And Water delivery. Some of them would certainly exist in a free market. Others, no I don't think would. The IRS, would. no, there would not be an IRS in a, in, a, uh, in a free market. But they wouldn't be parasites then. Right. They wouldn't be parasites because they would be providing a service what they're providing a service now they're just providing that service under a different set of uh you can't refuse it yeah right i i can't decide you know which firefighting organization i want or which Good luck starting your own police department right and competing you know, with them because the police department that's there currently is a monopoly funded organization even mm -hmm. if i wanted and i could get additional security at my house i could hire them i'd still have to pay for the cops so, um, you know, these are the these are the problems with them. So is uh, are these policing organizations as fish, as efficient as they could be? Absolutely not. Not even close. Not until they're funded in a consensual manner right. in, a, in a marketplace where they're subject to competition. Right. So that's what you mean when you say parasite. But these people do provide services that people want and need. Your wife is a former government worker. Yeah, I, mean, I, just, I have ex-girlfriends, yeah. uh, you know, former government worker. Yes. Everybody deserves to be forgiven for being a parasite. <laughs> no.
there is no crime in being a government worker, Ian. The, I mean, uh, you, there is a crime in that. Yeah, no, you're going isn't. along to uh, get along with criminal uh, cr- with criminality. You're going. So along- are you. When you use the government roads and you uh, and you no, deign I don't to collect use, a paycheck from the, the you, government, you pay their taxes. You give them money out of fear, right? Well, <laughs> but not all of them. I don't give them all money. Okay, so I've cut back, whereas a lot of people I think continue paying. I, I think there's nothing wrong with somebody uh, working for the government. I think the problem is is that they when they believe that there's nothing wrong with the government and its funding mechanisms. Mm-hmm. This is an issue of changing hearts and minds. It's not an issue of I, do you want everybody who works for the government to just quit today? Is that what you're hoping for? I, I think that's unrealistic. Okay, how about just the people that believe in liberty that think that you're right to quit? Would you like them to quit? I uh, <laughs> now there's a stupid idea. It doesn't right? matter to me what right. they do. Well, that's because it's their you don't life. Want they should do what they, they should do. What feels right for them. They shouldn't quit because we need liberty-loving individuals in the government too. But that we doesn't need... mean they're not parasites. I mean, they're living off of uh, the. You know, they're living off what other people provide them at the threat of violence. I mean, that's you know, that's you are what you are. It's. Accept it. Now, Ian, we all live in this world where the government exists and is pervasive. We are parasites, you and I, because we live off of the uh, money that we make from government uh, licensed uh, radio stations. You, my friend, are a dirty little parasite, little antenna waving parasite. I'll put my show on whoever wants to take uh, My show can go on whoever wants to take its channel. So, yeah, not... You know, it's not my responsibility, Mark. I'm not choosing to work for an organization based in coercion. Yeah, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Take control. This is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll free and bring up anything. 800 259 9231. That's 1 800 259 9231. And tonight it's Ian and Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Get signed up for our news updates. You can follow us via Twitter, Facebook, email. You choose. Go to news.freetalklive.com. That's news.freetalklive.com to get signed up. Mark, tell me about SACL CAI. SACL CAI is a uh, collections company to handle accounts receivable because you didn't get into your business in order to collect on bills. SACL uh, CAI handles your customers with respect because they know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients too. It's SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. They are the first banner on the right-hand side of the page. So the government people out there in Washington, D.C., some of them are putting together a march. The government doesn't suck march. They're going to be doing it uh, coinciding with uh, John Stewart's event. Now, that doesn't mean that John Stewart is endorsing this. They're just doing it because he's going to. John Stewart will be drawing a lot of people uh, to Washington, D.C. this Saturday for his rally to restore sanity. So uh, some government workers, according to the Washington Post, have put this together over at the GovLoop website, which is a site that is apparently a social networking website exclusively for government workers. 
So they're going to be doing this, and uh, we were talking about whether or not the you know, these whether or not government workers, by definition, and I would say that they are. And I, I realize you're just trying to you're trying to be nice. You're you're dressing it up, Mark, and and I appreciate that uh, that government workers are are parasites in essence. And it doesn't mean they're they're bad people. They're they're trying to feed their families. They're trying to uh, you know get the bills paid and and get through life and retire and and enjoy it as much as they possibly can. But unfortunately, the agency they're working for is getting funded by threatening violence against people, and that's just that's not acceptable. So there has to be some level of ostracism. It's not to say you can't be friends with somebody. I was telling you yesterday, Mark, about this uh, this guy at the park that I met at the the tea party this weekend who knew a cop that uh, was the cop that uh, I guess Big Mike had brushed into and was arrested for assault and people were sending him pink panties. And even his friends, the cop's friends, were, you know, they were busting on him for uh, for doing what he did, and yeah. that's a little bit of ostracism. You know, I'm <laughs> that's a to- entirely appropriate, wouldn't you say? I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. I think that's funny. Yeah. Um, and, and, but you know, I think that you know the idea, the underlying idea here is that that they're somehow doing something wrong, and uh, you know, were we, they, was was uh, was the man who was putting the Jews on the trains doing something wrong? Absolutely, Mark? he was doing something wrong. But you can, as a firefighter, what are you doing wrong? Uh, you're accepting quietly without any objection stolen funds. So um, the when I take a break on my taxes, you know, some kind of uh, it's a not write the off same. or something. You're, you're trying something. to minimize the damage that a criminal gang is doing to you. These people have joined the criminal gang and are benefiting directly from uh, from working for them. Yeah, I'm sorry. It doesn't um, mean they engage in crime themselves. They're just benefiting from it. That just doesn't. You don't it think there's anything wrong with that, huh? I think that when it comes down to it, that you can have a choice of who you want in the government. Mm-hmm. Do you want a bunch of people that are ready for their hands out, licking their lips for your tax dollars, or do you want some people that understand the ideas of liberty and can talk to those people on a level well, that they, they can understand, understand it, as well, a peer? That's great, Mark. If they understand it, then why aren't they advocating for it? If they're all these liberty-minded people, if they're all these liberty-minded people in government, they're not. Uh, then why aren't they advocating for it? There really, are it some that down, listen to this right, show. Sure, there are different listening people. Listening to your mad ramblings. No doubt about it. There are different people in government. No doubt, Mark. What do you think the split is? I have no idea. I would think is is relatively low. Uh, but yeah. I think that many of them need to be reached with the message of pure liberty. How many people do you think have actually been reached effectively with that message, as far as a percentage of the population? I haven't the slightest clue. Same here. Very low. I, the same answer. The percentage. same answer I have for government employees. Yeah. So it doesn't mean they're not uh, <laughs> they're not bloodsuckers. I mean that's what they do. Uh, I think that the unions for which they work are mm-hmm. bloodsuckers. I think the government for which they work is bloodsuckers. I think they're just cogs in a wheel, mm-hmm. man. That's all. Just they're just somebody doing a job. You're accepting stolen money. If you can accept that, then that's fine. Just don't pretend like it's something else. Uh, when you drive on the road, you are accepting stolen money. Not the, not You're the same. accepting you the to, services to, from an organization. It's not the same. You have to like, do that in order to uh, to survive. In order to you have to have a job to, in order to survive. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to have a job where the money comes from theft. Buy a helicopter then. Buy yourself a little gyrocopter so you don't have to use the government no. roads that were put there I by think it's, force. I think it's pretty clear who's being extreme here, Mark. I'm not. I'm yeah. just saying. I think there's a clear dividing line between people that try to go about their business and minimize the damage they take from a criminal gang that uses uh, threats of force to extract money from people and obedience from them, and the folks who voluntarily join that criminal gang in order to enjoy the benefits of the job that they're working at, regardless of 
whether or not that job would would exist in real life. It's not to say they're bad people. I'm not trying to besmirch them. I'm just saying, you know, admit to what admit to where your money comes from. If it comes from the uh, the elements of a crime, then that's what it is. And you're right, Mark. I mean, you you certainly are correct that I would prefer somebody who loves freedom work in a position of the government. But I I think that's also a very difficult position for somebody who loves freedom to be in. I mean, look what happened with Brad Jardis. He is currently uh, in a you know a, a place where he he needs help. He's had a, a very difficult time mentally uh, withdrawing from the job that he did as a law enforcement officer. He mentioned to me that he became the person that he hated. He joined law enforcement because he didn't like bullies, and that's what he became as part of his job. He was hurting people, you and know, he was getting a paycheck. And he was a nice guy, and we talked to him, and we you know we uh, we had discussions with him, and we accepted him as a as a human being. These are human beings. They're just living off of. Crime. Well, if they're human beings and you know how humans react to uh, ad hominem attacks against themselves, how do you effective do you think your ideas of liberty are going to be against somebody? I didn't you ad hominem attack anybody. I call a parasite. That's not an ad hominem attack. It is an ad hominem attack. No, I think we're going to have to look up the definition of an Fine. ad hominem attack. You want to I'm name sure. call people? It's do you think calling. they're going to listen? It's, I, well, it's, it's, Shut I up, dork. Calling as much I don't want to hear your, your, your nonsense, jerk. Why would you do something like that? Do something like what? Hmm. You're the one calling names. I mean, parasite no, is, parasite an, an, is an accurate name. description of the job. It is type. not an accurate description. Parasite is something that lives off of the efforts. They provide of others. a service. Many of them provide services. You cannot call something that live that provides a service a parasite. Uh, yeah. Well, you could say that the you parasite- could call it a symbiotic relationship if you wish. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, I would say that's a stretch. How do you feel? 800-259-9231. Am I being too mean to the government bureaucrats? 1-800-259-9231. That is the uh, the SACL CAI toll free line. Lance is in Texas. Lance, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Yes, hello, guys. Um, hey, thanks for helping out the Irish family up there. I think you are doing a lot of good and everything. I've got two really quick points. Um, I don't remember who it was. I heard y'all say that uh, you would love to find a way to drive without a license. Um, I ran across something on the Internet. Uh, I've heard a little bit about it. Maybe y'all talked about it before. It's called Sovereign Citizens, and uh it's actually, um, well, when you're born, your name uh, is taken out a corporation, and that when you take yeah, a Yeah, we've, we've heard this stuff before. There's okay. really, there's really no evidence for it um, in the real world. I like the idea of being sovereign, and we'll talk. We can talk a little more about this if you want. Hang on, we'll bring it back here. Uh, Lance is going to be back with us hopefully. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The SACL CAI toll free line. Is it wrong to call government bureaucrats parasites? It's not to say that they're bad people in their personal lives. They're just doing something wrong for a living. That's all. We've all done things that are wrong. and eventually, hopefully, we're brought to our senses and we stop. It's Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpaks, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com Free 
Talk Live. You bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And do enjoy the features you'll find there. Our webcam is one of them. You can watch, you can listen, and you can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners because our chat room is built in to the very same page over at cam.freetalklive.com. That's cam.freetalklive.com. And it's all brought to you by Memory Dealers. Memory Dealers offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers. They're 100% compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers and up to 99% off of list price. Memory dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. In stock, ready to ship via overnight delivery, memorydealers.com. All right, 800-259-9231. Continuing, I think Lance is still with us. Lance, are you there? Yes, I'm here. All right, Lance in Texas, you just came across something that has been... Yeah, guys, um, I, uh, I'm i really not an expert on the topic. I, I don't want to get into debate. Sure, and all the people I've who seen... are experts uh, will charge you for a class which you can take where they'll teach you how to, to supposedly do what they claim that you can do and you know use these magic words or magic documents in order to essentially set yourself free from the clutches of the state. And it's only $500 or $5,000. Yeah. Who knows what they're uh, what they're, they're charging. Charging. I've, I've seen some videos where they they go in, they talk to the judge like he's a kid. I'm just like, how do they do this, you know? But anyway, so um, I, I hope you keep me on the, here. The videos um, that uh, that you've seen, I haven't seen very many videos of a lot of these uh, claims out there. So I'd I'd be interested just to see how that goes. But usually, what you end up seeing, if there is a video, is you never see a follow up. You never find out what actually ended up happening. So there was one video recently of one of the Canada Freeman who was in court, and to his credit, he does get away with wearing a hat in court and backing down some bailiffs, uh, but on the other hand, they are still you know, sending him a fine, and that may end up meaning that he'll have to go to jail. And that's just, that's just the reality, is if you're going to stand up against the state, if you're going to stand up for liberty and for sovereignty, then you have to expect that that path may lead you into a jail cell. Uh, there are no magic words, there are no magic documents that will, uh, will necessarily keep you out. Oh, okay. All right. Well, um, uh, I've heard y'all talk to a lot of people before on the show, and it seems that sometimes you keep the the people on that are either new to the movement or don't really know a lot about the uh, info. And what I'm talking about is uh, 9-11 truth, you know, and I've heard y'all say before that you don't really cover it because it's not popular. But, uh, no, I mean, it's because it doesn't matter to me. Well, no, I don't. I don't, I don't cover things on this show because they're popular. I mean, we talk about things like, oh, I don't know, uh, child pornography on this program, intellectual property uh, debates. Yeah, I mean, we don't talk about things that are particularly popular. We don't uh, opinion test our things. But, but I will. Uh, but I will state that uh, there are plenty of shows out there that uh, will will claim that the nine eleven was an inside job, and it's relatively rare that those shows are popular. Look at Alex Jones. It wasn't popular ten years ago for him to come on the day of the uh, of the. Yeah, well, I don't do things because they're popular. I, I admit, Alex Jones is you know very popular on the internet. He's huge. Um, no but on the radio, when it comes to radio stations, Free Talk Live's got him whooped hands down. Yeah, but he get, probably makes a lot more money than he probably we do. does. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not. I didn't build this so business. Honestly, we're not in this business to make money. Right. We're in this sure. business to spread the ideas of liberty. Well, both, Mark. We can do both we because do the that, ideas of liberty are are you know they're sensible. We could they're, make more money than what we make if Ian. we pandered. 
Yeah, then we'd have to be looking at what's popular, right, Mark? Uh, but instead, we do the show that uh, that we want to do, and it's open phone, so anybody can call about their nine uh, eleven truth, and and they have been yeah. for the last almost decade now. And hmm, well, the government hasn't changed, and of course, what do the truthers really want? A lot of them want to, you know, get the word out and and bring them up on charges, as though the government's going to bring itself up on charges or or in in yeah. any way change itself from the inside yeah. out. How how do we um, change it to make it where I mean let's forget the nine eleven uh, truth. Well, how do you how do you if we don't charge these people? I mean it's just getting worse and worse. There's not any. I mean well, I, I don't really see. I know, I know it's good to get a lot of people together in the same area and yep. and fight. Do it that way. I, I, I do don't want to fight. There, I'm not here to but fight. I think that a new investigation would also look at Tony Blair. He's getting uh, brought back. I'm not interested uh, for, in retaliation. I'm not interested in retribution. I'm not interested in punishment. I'm more interested in forgiveness and moving they're on. They're going to run over you like a truck, man, if you don't. I mean, like, how I've been here <laughs> on the air for, uh, you know, Wait, a decade you never almost. are going to get your hands on the steering wheel of that truck. Do you have, do you understand <laughs> that? Like, the the idea that you will get the your hands on, on, the, on the steering wheel of the truck, that's the booby prize. That's what keeps people going on the treadmill, wasting their time in the little hamster wheel. I might just get my hands on the wheel of the truck. We could punish no, George Bush. You will never get your hands on the wheel of the truck. I don't want you to never, punish never, him. You never, never, never will. I don't, are you interested, Mark, in punishing George Bush? Are you interested in, in pouring your money into getting him or Barack Obama or some of these politicians brought up on charges? Are you are you interested in that, putting your time and, and effort in, into that, Mark? I don't think it's it's possible, but no, I wouldn't put my time and effort. Um, Let's you build know, the voluntary if society. If it was easy, Let's... I suppose I would do it, but I, I know that it's going to... <laughs> I, it's, it's harder. <laughs> it's going to. It's easier to pick up, move to New Hampshire, and work Damn towards building right. a a freer uh, state than it ever will be to bring George Bush and and his cronies, and then Barack sure. Obama and his cronies up right. on charges. I, I, I agree with you there. I do agree with you there. Um, hey, real quick, guys, before I get off here, um, Webbots has a prediction coming up eighth uh, to the eleventh of November. I don't know that I've ever heard y'all mention. I've been listening for about two years. Um, they did predict the uh, AL, or not, I'm sorry, UFOs over uh, New York City on October the 13th. Who so predicted your comments? this? Um, it's a, a Cliff High and George Ure. They have a program on the they're predicting uh, that what the, it does. I'm sorry. They're predicting they already did predict uh, that the UFOs well, were in New York City, or they are predicting that uh, UFOs are yeah. going to. Sorry. Yeah, they okay, this was uh October the thirteenth and uh you can go look up uh there's news articles and everything come out uh like bubbles and people are saying it's balloons, but whatever, you can debate uh-huh. that too. So what their next uh, uh I don't know if you I can explain it really quick what uh what it is if you want me to. Just do it real um, quick. Okay, uh so basically humans they only speak ten thousand words in their vocabulary and so when we go outside of our vocabulary to get other words that we don't use all of the time, uh they actually have web bots that go out into the future of uh Google and see what people are Googling in the future and when the words Who has come up, what are you, know, you talking about? The future of Google? You're saying the aliens have uh well, no, <laughs> have no, no, robots no, no. that no, go no, into no. the this future? Guy, Okay, early 90s, this guy that worked for Microsoft, his name's Cliff High. He okay. uh, quit, and he uh, started working on this program. He's a linguist, and what he does, he signs values to all of the words. So whenever a word pops up in his reports, um, 
and, and that's what freaks my mind out too. He actually has these things that go out into the future of Google. And what is see that what supposed people... to mean? How does you go well, into the future? What, I'm saying. Of Google? what do you think? What do you think? It, I mean, but that's how, how is he bending time it? and space in order to go out into the future of what people are going to? Uh, exactly. You know, I'm, I'm no scientist, right? But how how is that happening? I mean, it's going it... to have to be possible at some point. <laughs> I just find it hard to believe what's happening they now. Also predicted uh, stuff, you know, they predicted 9-11, they predicted Hurricane Katrina, uh-huh. uh, Rita. I mean, I'm saying they have a... a, a Great, uh, they should predict some lottery eight. numbers and uh, strike right. it big. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. I mean, man, if you are that good at predicting things, if your little algorithm can really reach into the future, then it should be pretty easy to get tomorrow night's pick three. I you'd think so. Don't you think? <laughs> Just, I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? Wow. That I, guy... <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, maybe he wasn't explaining it properly either. I, you got okay, that maybe guy somebody else can't explain it, but yeah. Going into the future, picking the future Google searches. Uh, okay, 800-259-9231. Maybe you're right, Mark. Maybe it is going to happen someday. And then well, uh, what will that mean for our lives when you can uh, predict the future? I mean, does that mean you actually don't, in point of fact, have free will? Well, I think if the future you, is predictable in that way. Once you're predicting the future, you've uh, eliminated things like want and lack and things like that. It should be a very interesting and different world. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. If you can predict the future, what's the point in living it anymore? You're not creating anything. You're not even in control. It's Free Talk Live. Thousands of years ago... From the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond, TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert, Ilya Slobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Talk about an issue, make wild predictions, whatever you want. Oh, by the way, joining us here uh, tonight, Sam has joined us a little late, better late than never. Sam, hello. Hello. From Obscured Truth. Dot com uh, busily working in the studio tonight, as I understand it. Actually, Shooting out in footage. the forest. Oh, really? Running around, yeah. So it's pretty, pretty dark. Were you? Uh, were you this was do lighting or? during the uh, golden hour. Gotcha. So. Cool. So that's going to be uh, what? What? I, can you tease it? Uh, it's a uh, scary. It's a trailer for a horror film that doesn't actually exist. So Are you going to get can, out by Halloween? I mean, this is it's yeah. It's up. it's actually due before Halloween. It's for a contest. Okay. So, cool. So leave it com- at that. coming soon, next week, we'll be able to, uh, to announce it then. Uh, 800-259-9231. Dave is with us in Canada on the line. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Sam, and Mark. Hey, dudes. Hey, what's, uh, what's on your I mind? I just want to do uh, comment on government workers, whether or not they're parasites or they got a symbiotic re- relationship with the public. Go for it. Uh, I, think, I think it's correct to describe government workers as parasites because they live off the stolen money of others. I mean, taxation is theft. I agree parasite is not a nice term, but I think it puts the case fairly. I think it's wrong to say it's a a symbiotic relationship because symbiosis implies benefits for both parties in the relationship. In the case of government services, each side doesn't benefit mutually. 
in the case of government workers, they're providing people with unsolicited services paid for by institutionalized theft at a much lower standard than people would otherwise get on a free market. Dang, are you reading that? That's really good. I am, yes. Yes, (laughs) That's that's not being symbiotic, in my opinion. That's being coercive and oppressive. But in the case of uh, the people in the private sector, like you were talking about having to use roads and, and, and stuff before, we will never recoup the full value of what we pay in taxes. So using the infrastructure the state sets up to our own advantage isn't parasitism. It is making the best of a bad situation. Right. Well, in a symbiosis, you would think that the two organisms that are in symbiosis with one another would, if they felt it was a mutually beneficial symbiosis, you know, would continue that. Whereas I didn't here make you don't the claim the of symbiosis. To... I did not make that claim. You didn't? I, oh, no, it I, like I did. said something like that would be symbiosis or something. You made some statement uh, or, or something like that. So I, I'm not going to claim that the government workers are symbiotic, but I don't think that you can com- make the claim necessarily that a symbiotic relationship is necessarily the most beneficial relationship that an organism can get like maybe there are better organisms or worse organisms with which to have a symbiotic relationship so if you get the bad draw as we would with government and that is definitely the bad draw i agree with most of the things you say it's just using these stupid terms that are not uh you know what would you prefer people who benefit from theft i I, you know they're receiving stolen goods Mm mm-hmm I don't know. Okay scumbag that? sounds pretty good to me. No, see, I wouldn't. <laughs> see, it that's that's well, name scumbag, calling. Scumbag and parasite are both name calling, and they're both on the same level. There's really no reason. Look, you, you're, I don't you're, think you're not holding back. Scumbag. You might as well just call them a, 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 an s sucking inward. I mean, you just just call them some that's bad terms. I mean, you know, <laughs> just not... call them some bad words. Just if you're going to call them some yeah. bad words. Yeah. I mean, go ahead and whip it out. Don't just screw around. Because Parasite is inaccurate, and that's all. I'm not sure about that. It isn't. I've explained why it's inaccurate. So if the host were able to shake off all of the government parasites, would they survive on their own? Well, they would figure out, they probably would figure out a way to, yeah. It would stop being parasites. Yeah. They they have the choice. I think parasites appropriate. They, well, they have the choice, right? One of the things that's different from a government bureaucrat versus a flea uh, is that the flea doesn't have the choice, right? The flea is doing what it's been programmed to do. The government bureaucrat is choosing. Now, in the beginning, they may not realize that they're benefiting from theft, but once you make that clear, uh, then if that person, if it is made clear to that person that they're benefiting from theft, then they should admit that that's what they're doing, and, and that that's not acceptable. It's not okay. Um, it's not to say that they should necessarily up and quit if that's what's it's putting their food on their table, but I think eventually it wouldn't be a bad idea. Or but what is a well, what is agreeing to that say about them? And you know how is it going to change their self view if they realize all this time I've been receiving stolen money? So that's hard to exactly. Come to that that, that's why they're just so defiant and and jump through such mental gymnastics in order to avoid well, you know, realizing. I'm that. really not looking to um, all. I I'm looking to do here, Sam, is use the best term um, that isn't. If if you're actually using the right term, like tax collector, they're a thief. They're a robber. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to use terms if they're exactly right. However, when you're talking about parasite, it's not exactly right, and it doesn't serve. So you've they, got you've got two reasons not to use it. I a, think, it alienates people, and they don't listen to your message. And B, it's not entirely accurate. I think your your point is uh, maybe is decent on the alienating one, Mark. Uh, yeah. But uh, Dave, I think pointed out that it is an accurate statement. Go ahead, Dave. With uh, any further thoughts? Uh, just one last kind of funny thing I had in mind. 
wouldn't it be fun for liberty activists to infiltrate this government parasite's little social networking website they have and have some fun with these people? I, I, it probably wouldn't last <laughs> yeah. very long. I mean, I think that I think that's a good idea. Let me pull up the uh, the website for you again here. Uh, it is govloop g o v l o o p dot com. That's their social networking website for bureaucrats only. Who knows what? I mean, maybe it's easy to join, or maybe they like, like double verify. They call your administrator to verify that you are who you claim to be. Uh, and it just we were, we were talking about this this week where some liberty activists have gone into police forums and had uh, attempted to have discussions with them. And it does not take long before the I've crackdown been, to occur. I've been kicked out of two or three yeah. for exactly so that. It, it wouldn't. Maybe this gov loop thing will be a little nicer to folks, but I highly <laughs> doubt it. Hey, thanks for the call, Dave. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You know, Mark, like I said, I think you've got a point where it comes to uh, the the term parasite. It's going to rub some people the wrong way. There's no doubt about it. But calling them uh, benefits of thievery, uh, you know, they're benefiting, saying they're benefiting from thievery isn't really the nicest thing to say either. I mean, at some point you have to be blunt and you have to call a spade a spade. I agree with that. I just want it to be accurate when you do, because what what they're going to do in their minds or um, when they're arguing with you or with uh, with whomever, the person that, uh, you know, is convinced by your argument, when they're arguing with that person, they're going to say, well, you know, this isn't true because such and such. And so then the arguments undermined and then they don't have to listen to you once you're argument is fallacious and undermined then they don't have to listen to what you say any longer that's all it's that's that's how it's going to well, work then in we their disagree minds. then that it's in it's somehow inaccurate you think it is and i would say no i i would agree that using it in a one-on-one or you know when you're talking to just a few the people that you're trying to reach that's yeah not the word to use but in videos and things like that i i, I don't think that i've used it that much but i don't think i would have any sort of resistance in to I think you could, for it everyone. i think you could use a term like parasitic in order to describe <laughs> certain behaviors but you cannot okay. you can't that's the difference the term between parasite. what the person's doing and actually labeling them the I'll parasite make, i'll, I'll so meet that's you on good. that one mark uh, you've you've there changed my mind there are certain behaviors that are certainly parasitic however their when, job is parasitic i i'm not willing to to make that statement <sighs> either no, I'm we, willing to say there are aspects of their job that are parasitic, but they provide services. Many of them provide services, services that people would want and need mm-hmm. otherwise. Okay, so, so if what I call are they? Your lawn. They're a freaking monopoly. Yeah. Use the proper terms. Everybody knows a monopoly is not a good thing. It's not a very nice but a thing person to say either. Thing, no, parasitic it's monopoly. just true. Parasitic monopoly. How about that? I, I but, just, but they're they're a government monopoly, so it's not the same, you know, in the common usage of the word. I don't. Your mind. paycheck is drawn from parasitism. How about that one? I don't mind. I'm fine with that one. I don't mind using parasitic government monopoly. <laughs> I'm just saying that your job is parasitic. Right. Then immediately what they do is they run to. But my now job that, is necessary. Now that we've mentioned some words yep. here, uh, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Let's go to. Jameson in North Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jameson. Uh, yeah, I just got a real quick comment to make to Sam, and I got a little bit of a bone to pick with uh, something Mark said to you, Ian, earlier in the show. Uh, my comment for Sam real quick is, you know, I heard what uh, he's making some movie or some uh, film or something running through the woods or at night or something. Right. Yeah, uh, I'm part of this club that meets in the second half of July up in Northern California. It sounds like it'd be right up your alley if you... I uh, want to check us out next year. It's called the Bohemian Club. Club. Okay. Have uh, you heard of that or uh, the, the Bohemian Grove? I do. Yeah, love yeah. Owls. I, you know, we run through the woods at night and stuff, stuff <laughs> like that. You know. 
I don't know if I want to be chased down by government agents and arrested. Uh, that, that was a joke anyway. Uh, my real bone to pick is with what Mark said earlier. Okay, uh, he said that, you know, by Ian traveling on the roads, that he's somehow uh, using government services. But I would beg to differ that uh, the government doesn't own the roads. I don't mm. believe that anybody owns the roads. That's a great point. Well, um, they, they certainly act like they own the roads, whether you're not, you want to recognize their ownership of the roads or not. That's fine. They certainly don't a- recognize. And a thief acts like he owns my bicycle. They don't, they don't um, act like you own your property either. I'll, I'll give you that. You, um, but, you know, the government in, in a functional aspect owns the roads. They take care of them. They care for them. They, uh, they pave them. And they tell you whether or not you can go on them. Well, you either own them or you don't. And they don't. Ownership, Thanks. ownership uh, constitutes control. And government controls the roads, which you deny that? Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. That's not legitimate ownership if it's controlled by violence and threat of uh, force. It's Free Talk Live. Our two next. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kit Essentials Nutritionally Complete Drink. Providing your picky eater with essential nutrition and great taste in one drink. Visit us at kitessentials.com. To make sure your kids eat healthy, follow the five-a-day plan. Serve three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruit daily. Remember, a serving could just mean a piece of fruit or a half cup of veggies. If your kids are picky eaters, ask a nutritionist about other sources. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. You can take control of the airwaves. That's why we call this show Free Talk Live. Dial in, toll free, bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com, where you can enjoy various different features, and they are all completely free. Uh, freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it is Ian. And Sam. And Mark. Sam's here from the Obscured Truth Network. And, of course, we will take your phone calls about whatever might happen to be on your mind. Uh, you know, last hour we were talking about government workers and how some of them are less some of their jobs are less objectionable than others. Uh, some of them are directly involved in the oppressing of peaceful people, and others are just in support roles. Some are involved in things that uh, would be re- uh, required, likely, in a uh, voluntary or more consensual society, like people repairing roads and uh, folks doing that kind of work, collecting trash. Actually, here in Keene, New Hampshire, the trash is collected by private organizations. It's not that way in a lot of places. <laughs> yeah, I've heard people say things like, uh, well, you know, trash collecting is actually something the government can do efficiently. <laughs> and, you know, uh, here's something I'll admit. The trash collection went from Sarasota, Florida, cost about as much per house as trash collection here in Keene, New Hampshire. But that doesn't mean that it was done efficiently because uh, the, the the fact is <laughs> – um, you, when you threw things away in Sarasota, Florida, you, you had to have them bundled up properly. You couldn't have your trash can with too much oh, stuff in it. Like it was just all these rules, and they would literally just leave the stuff there. Sometimes they'd they'd knock it over. I, I, you know, I don't know whether they knocked it over or not. It would be knocked over when you came home because they didn't feel like picking it up because you didn't fill it in the proper fashion or bind it in the f- proper fashion or whatever it is. Here, they'll pick up whatever you want. And if you don't like the way the the, the, the one trash company picks up, 
Call you just hire guy. another one, and they'll be happy to take care of you. Unfortunately, though, the bureaucrats running the city dump are so inefficient at doing their job, they just had the city council mandate a monopoly so that no matter who picks up the trash here in Keene, it all has to go back to the city-run dump. They can't where, take it somewhere else now. Yeah, where they can charge whatever rates they want, and guess what? They just raise their rates to mm. whatever, whatever they feel like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. We own you. Uh, so, so yeah, there are clearly differences in the levels of coercion that different government workers involve themselves in. And then there are the men that wear robes, the people that call themselves judges, the so-called justice system. And I have, uh, throughout this year, been having uh, my own little odyssey <laughs> of getting arrested countless times, four times, I think. The charges are countless. It's hard to, uh, to keep track of them all. I've got five remaining uh, misdemeanor charges that I'm facing in December over nonsense like disorderly conduct. And uh, and then there's a t- standing in front of a cop car, which uh, <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do to me on that one, but it should be uh, should be interesting. I imagine I'll be uh, found guilty. How much jail time there will be involved? Hopefully, you know, I can get away with paying a, a charity as I've been fortunate enough to do and, and stay on the outside. But I've been going through this system, you know, just exploring different options. I've tried different things. You know, we had the guy call last hour uh, with a sovereignty uh, pitch. Oh, you're just all caps corporation. You just got to file the paperwork and blah, 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 blah. You know, he didn't get into the details, but we know it. We he know the really story know the b- details, yeah. with, uh, with that. You know, I've tried some of that stuff. doesn't work. Uh, the, the fact is these people just do whatever it is they want to do. And they'll tell you that you should use the system, that you're supposed to use the system and the system, you know, can work. And uh, so the system's rigged not to work. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, 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 I've been trying that. I've seen people who have used these all caps theories and things to where it has worked for them. Unfortunately, there are people who have studied the law for like 15 years and have dedicated a significant portion of their life to understanding it. And, you know, being able to and use their system. they never have system. anything they can show for it, typically. I mean, there's usually a story oh. they'll tell on the air. They'll call in and they'll talk about it. But they, they don't have uh, video. They don't have real. There's the guy who actually, uh, Randy Kelton's show, one of his co-hosts, was pulled over with no driver's license, no uh, license plate, no registration, no insurance, mm-hmm. nothing. He was written uh, tickets for all these things. He recorded his conversation with the cop. He filed all of his paperwork, and they dropped the case. Hmm. So, I mean, there there are documented, but he's You'd like to have a little more evidence that, than one one scenario. I mean, I I, I love it. I, I want to see yep. it. We've had him drop cases too. I mean, Mark, your parking ticket yeah. got dropped. I mean, par- does that mean that I don't anything. I don't have to but worry about parking tickets anymore? From somebody who's you know has no paperwork, period, to offer the state, they they typically don't let something like that go. I, I'm just saying that it's that in of itself isn't uh, isn't sufficient evidence. I would like to see more. I want so, to see, something that's all. like that should be duplicatable, right? I mean, yeah. well, I mean it and shouldn't and take ten he years. He does. Of study. He teaches a seminar and you know three hundred bucks or something like that for his class. And uh, well, then there should be people out there who are reteaching the same that's, uh, material. That's and, what I'm pointing out, though. You know, he he knows this stuff that well and can defend it in court because mm-hmm. he's been studying it for fifteen years. Uh, this is. This is my claim. I, this on is the-, the problem, you know, with this strategy is if you're not willing to put that kind of time in, I don't think you're going to get the same results. And this is a similar claim that I have for the Mark Stevens approach. Um, I think that it's it's great that he has a nearly unblemished record, but I'm scared to death to try something like his system um, at MarkStevens.net because I, I, you know, I just I, I wouldn't want to go in there and try that. It look it sounds crazy to me to try that. If, if it works for him, fabulous. I'd be willing to hire him if the case was big enough and, mm-hmm. and warranted flying him in. I sure. wouldn't be willing to try his system. 
Yeah, I kind, I kind of, uh, I totally understand where you're coming from on that. And I have tried some of that, and uh, and here it doesn't. I think it, it has a different effect on uh, somebody, uh, a judge in a bigger place where you've never seen that person before, versus a, a judge a guy in a robe that knows who you are and that knows that you're part of the, you know, the, this liberty activist movement has a chip on his shoulder um, because of it. There may be a, a, you know, a level of difference in the way that uh, that they handle that. I always try to ask Mark Stevens like questions of the the man in the robe here, and it never goes very far. Well, and part of the problem. Problem with uh, the, trying some of these strategies up here is the New Hampshire justice system is just really backwards. I mean, mm. they do all the things to avoid uh, letting people in front of juries. Uh, the yeah. the bar association is part of the judicial branch. The chief justice writes all of the rules for the court, and you know, there's just there's so much. Uh, all of the disciplinary, the AOC handles all the disciplinary uh, actions for the judicial system. So they're they're basically policing themselves. They have lifetime appointments. How unusual here. is that, though? I mean, a lot of that's well, would like seem in Texas, typical. the the bar is separate, so you can file a bar grievance, and the insurance companies look at it. And if somebody gets two bar grievances, even if they don't go anywhere, they're uh, their malpractice insurance mm. is going to double. So you know there's a there's a real consequence. Whereas here, because the the it's, I guess it's just they don't want to spend the money on it. I, I'm not sure what it is, but they've made it really easy on themselves and really hard for someone to go in and hold them accountable. Well, they certainly love money. I mean, they uh, I, I've, I'm appealing a couple of the cases I was convicted of recently of trespass and some motor vehicle thing. And so I'm appealing those, and I was also appealing an issue with a with a name change, where their their own Supreme Court has uh, supposedly claimed that if you use a different name, as long as it's not for a fraudulent purpose, it's supposedly a legal name change. And I was trying to get the local court to recognize their own Supreme Court's uh, ruling in my favor, and of course they denied the motion. Which, as usual, that, um, these organizations uh, they they you know agree with what they agree with, and they disagree with what they disagree with. And, right. You know, and if I go want, ahead and pay for the uh, the, the appeal, appeal if you don't yeah. like it, if I don't like it. I I can pay $180 to appeal, but in their own constitution, it says the following. Every subject, interesting choice of words, of this state is entitled to a certain remedy by having recourse to the laws for all injuries he may receive in his person, property, or character to obtain right and justice freely without being obliged to purchase it completely and without any denial, promptly and without delay, conformably to the laws. Now, what does that say to you? Says you should be able to get free justice if you want free justice. They're well, <laughs> they're going to say you've got free justice. You just didn't like the way it turned out. Sorry. Yep, that's Thank pretty you much for it. Playing. They uh, they they shot me back uh, their order today in regards to the appeal that I filed <laughs> without any money and basically saying, yeah, I'm not going to fill out your financial affidavit either because if you don't give them the the filing fee, they want you to fill out a two page long uh, detailed affidavit about your bank accounts and how much money you earn and everything. And I'm not I'm not willing to do that. It's free or um, it's not. It doesn't have to do with whether or not you're indigent. That's not the the word indigent doesn't show up in the state constitution. And don't get me wrong, I didn't expect. Mary Miracles here, right? I didn't expect this to uh, to go anywhere, and sure enough, uh, the defendant's motion to waive the filing fee is denied, and then they cite some court case to uh, justify it. Part fourteen of the article, or Article fourteen. We of New said Hampshire, previously that this was not a good argument, yep. so therefore it's not a good Constitution argument. Constitution does not bar appellate filing fees, so the Constitution, which says you can get justice freely, doesn't bar you know charging a fee for it. That makes sense, right? Only in legal land.
Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want. Just dial in via the toll-free number. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. That's 1-800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free. And they include our Shrine of Female listeners with the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing that they're listeners of this program, shrine.freetalklive.com. We'll get you there. Uh, that's shrine.freetalklive.com. Calling all writers interested in journalism and passionate about liberty, the IHS Journalism Internship Program places aspiring journalists in media. Participants work in real jobs and learn core reporting skills. Former interns have gone to ABC's 2020, The Financial Times, The Washington Post, The Wall Street Journal, The Economist, and more. Placements are available in print, broadcast, new media, and investigative journalism. They provide a housing housing assistance, mentoring. Uh, they have uh, summer career workshops. All majors are encouraged to apply. This is for undergraduate students, recent graduates. graduates. They have a stipend, so they pay you to do this libertarianinternships.com go there and sign up and when you sign up you'll be getting you're signing up for more information not committing to anything just to get more information so that they can uh, get your name market to you things like that too libertarianinternships.com all right 800-259-9231 uh, you can bring up whatever you want we go to the phones and the fun let's talk to dino in japan dino you're on free talk live with the sam and mark dino in Japan, going once. Dino in Japan, going. Hey. Hello, Dino. What's on your mind? Yes, sir. Go for it. Oh, good. It's been a while, but um, yeah, I wanted to call in and weigh in on that um, calling government workers parasitic or parasite or whatever. Um, you know, these guys and gals who work for the government, they really have no incentive to listen to anyone that's calling them names, not to mention to listen to uh, why, you know, they might be stealing money or sucking you know, money from the general public. Um, what I would suggest is that instead of calling names, maybe do a point-by-point point or draw a picture of a, a parasite and do it point-by-point, <laughs> point, like dot-to-dot, dot, connecting the dots that you did with your children or you do with children, and basically show them, you know, you know point-by-point point how the government is parasitic and how government workers are parasites and once the picture's complete ask them what is that you know they i think i think that's a good a idea if, if you can put up something like you know say on a website or a, a little video that uh you know point by point makes these points i think that's a great idea you know draw the parallels between these things i think that's fine but just whipping out the term parasite parasite i don't think that serves but thank you no, I, I have to agree with that do you know anything else you want to share yeah, um, just to add, I, I watched that uh, video that Sam put up when he was um, being accosted and given a hard time at the airport. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you look at these people, and, and for sure, um, they didn't look like they were interested in, you know, anything other than, um, you know, harassing a, a person coming through there. Right. So, I mean, this is your type of mindset that you're dealing with 
when you're talking about government workers. And, and what incentive do they have? So, I mean, that's basically it. Yeah. Thanks, Dino. Appreciate the call tonight. Yeah, it's, it's all about their authority, and when that's challenged, they tend to sort of react just in unpredictable ways. Well, I think that they, um, what the, the way they see it is if they don't have their authority, then ev- Western civilization <laughs> will crumble. I mean, literally, yeah. if you spend enough time with one of these people, that's what they're going to say to you. Mm-hmm. Look... I, you know, if, if you... It's me or Mad Max scenario, people. Yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> Two men enter, one man leaves. You know, the big, the, 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 the big retard with the uh, little smart guy sitting on his shoulders. I mean, that's, that, those are your options. You know, I never even got to the best part of this uh, government workers. So this guy, government doesn't suck March. We'll come back to it here in a moment. But let's first talk to Charlie the Plumber in Florida. Charlie, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, it's Charlie the Plumber from Tampa, Florida. Let me hey, tell Charlie. you what, it's people like me that pay for these big government salaries and benefits and retirement packages. You know what? The only type of government employees we need with these big salaries or pensions, which they're not really huge, is the military. I'm a Marine Corps veteran. Hey, no, thanks. I don't mind paying for my, my safety and for my freedom, but you know what? What makes you think that, uh, I mean, I understand where you're coming from, but what makes you think that the military cares about your freedom and your safety? Because I've been there, I've done that, I was a volunteer. Well, if they cared about safety, I mean, Charlie, with all due respect, if they cared about safety, uh, then would why would they go around bombing people around the world? Doesn't that make us less safe? Well, you know what? I guess some of these people got it coming. But anyway, the police unions, Whoa. the firefighters unions. Uh, Who did you say the, has the it unions. coming? Well, yeah, let's face it. It's a good day to be dead if you're a terrorist. Search. Good day to be dead. How many, how many of the people that the U.S. military has too. killed in the last decade have been terrorists? A whole bunch of them. You know what? Percentage? You sound like some liberal church. What, per, you know what, what percentage? A lot of people. A lot of people. I'm not a liberal, sir. Coming. Liberals you know support what? war. Liberals are, are, are people that support war, from what I can tell. Take a look. Obama loves war. Well, we need it. We have justifiable wars. Need you war. know, people like you, like. Like uh, Chamberlain, oh, Hitler won't bother us. I got his word on it. Oh, oh, Hitler, that's Trump's problem. You know what? You want to try good men do nothing, you jerk. Wait, wait, wait a second, Charlie. I'm, jerk. I'm not bombing anyone, Charlie. Charlie, I'd like to make this point. There's a man named Smedley Butler. Are you familiar with him? No, I'm not. Okay, when Did you he say it was a marine, when you were a marine, and they said they had you um, before you go into bed, you say, say good night, Smedley. Do you remember that? Uh, smelly, chesty Pollard, dumbass. Say what? It was whom? Chesty Pollard, you jerky. I can't hear you. You're, you're yelling into your phone. Back away from the phone about an inch and, and speak instead of yelling. I mean, it's chesty Pollard. He was one of the most highly decorated Marine in history. Okay, he well, is a another great one. American hero, sir. Another one of them was Smedley Butler. He had uh, he was a two-time Medal of Honor winner, and he was, I believe, retired as a major, major general and then became a lieutenant general and in retirement, if that makes any sense to you. But I, I really don't remember exactly how that went. So he's either a two-star or three-star general. And two-time Medal of Honor winner, this guy didn't believe, at the, and this was in the 40s, did not believe, well, maybe it was 38, 39, um, did not believe that Hitler could land a force in the United States. So the idea that somehow you and I would be speaking German is probably fallacious. Like, there's a guy who's a better expert than you and I on this um, that, uh, you know, he claimed that war was a racket. He claimed Wrote that... Wrote a book about it. Yeah, an he, essay. Yeah, it, it's, a long, it's a long essay, short book. And he claimed Claimed that uh, that these uh, that the, the the military is 
really just a tool of the military industrial complex and the oil uh, uh, you know companies mm-hmm. and things like that the politicians are really in the pocket of these organizations now you don't have you, you can feel however you feel about me but smedley butler the two-time medal of honor winning marine felt the same way well, you know what? Because they're headed the right way. You know what? We should have went after China. We should have chased those tricoms across that river, and we should have bombed them. We should have nuked them. We should have... You are horrible. You are a horrible country, human being. Let, I'm listen sorry. To listen to me. You if should be country, ashamed. We should have said, if any country gets a nuclear bomb, or if any country... Uh, it detonates a nuclear bomb. We should have taken that as a direct The United threat. States the federal United government States. detonated nuclear, uh, nuclear bombs, right, sir. We were the first ones to get them, and we should have made the world capitulate. If anybody else gets them, we see that as a direct conflict, and we're, we're put. You're speaking not from the standpoint of morally good or just. You're speaking, speaking from the standpoint of a slave owner. Like, we get to tell the rest of the world how they're going to live, but they can't act like we do. That's immoral. And he's spoken enough. Thank you, Charlie, for the call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there free. Wiki is there with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. W-I-K-I wiki.freetalklive.com. Now, what if you found out that the best liberty activists from around the world were moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes? Would you want to join them? Well, I did. It's happening, and you can be a part of it. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org, because as our caller earlier tonight said, he sees the value in getting together with other like-minded people. In fact, I would say that's the most valuable proposition the liberty movement has on the table today, is to get people who believe in liberty together. Because the fact is, there are still people like Charlie out there. Charlie the plumber, as he called himself, from uh, down in, I believe it was Florida, calling in to just rant and ended up ranting and raving. He started agreeing with us, but went off on the military topic, and I couldn't let him uh, get get away with it. Uh, ranting and raving, advocating bombing people, uh, people dropping nuclear weapons on uh, on peaceful people, and well, it's just so he, he, What he was advocating was dropping uh, uh, weapons on... on Chinese people. Uh, yeah, that, that true. Uh, that too. Well, but what he started with was was people that were terrorists, and I, I, I got no problem with harming people that have harmed other people. The problem is, is that the government isn't very good at figuring out who is and who isn't. If you're going to do it based on intel and then you don't have, I mean, would you want to be convicted and spend the rest of your life in prison based on intel? You don't want a fair trial? Well, it seems to me that if you're going to kill somebody, 
that you should ought to have you know something as to that equivalent. War is not fightable in that way, but I think that nonviolence is a uh, is a superior method for handling folks than that violence is. Yeah, they're trying this this uh, intel approach with the predator drones in Pakistan, where they've killed seven hundred civilians to get less than ten terror su- mm. suspected terrorists. I mean, they right. they well, they'll tell you they were seven hundred terrorists. And- no, no, they, they've admitted, and you know, in the WikiLeaks documents, you guys talked about sure, over a hundred thousand civilians. No, <laughs> the they lie Charlie, to the public and say we don't collect the numbers. In, in the mind of Charlie, there's no amount that is uh, is too much as far as innocent people being killed. Uh, where does he think out. these terrorists come from? I mean, they, they just they wake up one day and decide I'm going to dedicate my life to killing, trying to, they to believe, jihad against yeah, America. That's, that's right. ridiculous. They believe, they believe that their religion is ordering them to uh, destroy peaceful people. Yeah. And every Muslim I've ever known has said that's, you know, it's you know, there, there are what, 1.6 or 1.8 billion Muslims in the world and yeah. they all are out to, to kill Americans. If that were true, there'd be a lot of death. Yeah, a they're doing a really, really bad job if that's the case. So uh, 800-259-9231, my point being that getting people who love freedom together is important because it dilutes voices like Charlie's. It makes Charlie, and there are a number of people that are angry like Charlie, you know, angry former Marine who's still got a chip on his shoulder about uh, X, Y, or Z. Uh, You fill in the blanks. There there are people like that out there, and when you get liberty-minded folks together, including former military, now there aren't any sitting on this show tonight, but Puke has uh, appeared on the show a few times. He's a former Army. Uh, I think uh, Jim Johnson, Lauren Canario's husband, uh, is, I believe he's a former Marine, if I'm not... Uh, no, Jim Johnson's former Army. Former Army, okay, yeah. then it's uh, it's one of the other JJ's guys. JJ's Army, too. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple former Marines up uh, here as well. Political graffiti, uh, yeah. Roger, is a uh, former Marine. Yep, so, so it's also important to have people who are from that perspective who've come over to the liberty movement. And when you get liberty-minded folks together, you start to get that. We've got no shortage of people that have had experience. Dale was in the, the Navy, for instance. Uh, we've, we've, we've got no shortage of people in this movement here in New Hampshire that have made the move as part of the Free State Project, or maybe we're already here, uh, who love liberty and who are formerly in the military. Those are the people that can most effectively speak to that audience. Uh, but getting those... Getting folks together is the first and most important step into raising the level of uh, the volume, if you will, in society about the ideas of liberty. Discourse also. Yeah. So go to freestateproject.org to learn more about that. Let's go to the phones and the fun. Mike is in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mike. Hey, guys. I uh, just want to tell you about something that just happened uh, tonight. Um, a friend of mine uh, who's a you know, freedom fighter, uh, just like myself, there's a political debate going on, uh, third congressional uh, uh, race in Wisconsin. Uh, they're having a debate on a public university campus. Mm-hmm. And uh, my friend and I uh, were going to uh, record the debate for our blog that we do. Um, they had signs posted all over the room that they were not going to allow recording uh, devices. Wow. Uh, but yet there was five or six media outlets there recording it. But if you weren't with the established media, mm. you weren't going to be allowed to record. Uh, so anyways, I was approached um, before the debate even started by the news director for one of the TV stations saying that uh, policy from the FEC is that uh, they, I was not allowed to record. The FEC, and, the Federal Elections the Commission. F- right. And I said, well, the FEC is not in the Constitution. I said the Constitution has more legal authority than the FEC. Um, and that just made him upset. Uh, this was the security. news director for a news station. This wasn't the security yes. of the event or a government bureaucrat. Right? No, no, no. But they were they were technically sponsoring the debate along with the university, University of Wisconsin, which is a publicly funded university, and so you right, certainly right. should have the right and to so be there. 
Absolutely. So he alerts the campus police that carry guns, so they're like regular cops on campus. They come over to me, and they ask me to leave the room. And I said, no, I'm not leaving. Um, and they said, no, we'd like you to come with us. And I said, for what reason? And they said, well, we want to talk to you outside. And I said, well, until you can give me a reason, I'm not going anywhere. Hmm. Um, and, you know, and so then... Uh, yeah, apparently they just said, like you to come with them. They just want right. to talk to you so outside. It was, like, it was one of those things where is this an order, you know, what's going to happen? So I'm just, I'm resist. I'm, I'm not going along with their plan. All of a sudden, the friend that I came in there with uh, grabbed his camera to record my interaction with the police. As soon as he pulled out his camera, before he even pressed record, they grabbed his arm, wow. drag him out of the room, uh, and uh, cite him with $700 in fines. Um, wow. Resisting arrest and... Uh, um, Resisting arrest and disorderly conduct. It's amazing. I, being uh, a camera person means being an activist having to be willing to be arrested today, period. Right. And, and just from your perspective of Free State Projects, I, I, I feel bad because I should have pulled out mine to record what was happening to him. But at that point, I was like, then I'm going down, too. And who's going to get Scary. us out of jail and all this all these things. And it's, you know, I, I questioned, you know, whether I should have done there. And um, ultimately, I stayed in the room and then. Uh, stood up in front of the whole room and for about five minutes and said, you know, this is outrageous what happened, this is unjust, talked to the chancellor, called him out. And um, so it was a good interaction that way. Uh, wow. But, you know, it's, it's Sam, just you can really relate unbelievable. To this. Yeah, this is where, you know, maybe the hidden pen cameras that you have running, I, I mean, it's it's easy to look back on it and say, oh, yeah, if you had done this. But, you know, having I typically have at least an uh, like an MP3 player on my arm that's an audio recorder that I can lock into a recording mode so that I've at least have an audio record of whatever happens. And then, you know, if you can have a, a hidden camera or something like that to where you can get footage of this in case something like that happens, that may be something you want to consider. That's but a good suggestion. And you live and it's learn, tough, right? It's tough, though. Yeah, yeah it, it is. tough. And I'm not say, I, I would never say you made the wrong choice by not also getting arrested. It was good thinking to say, you know, to say that somebody would have to help your buddy out who was being arrested. Not everybody can uh, get arrested. And it's not, well, it it's not the, always the right the, choice. Yeah, the environment was as soon as I were to pull anything out, like a cell phone, without even – they would have come after me then. It's, out, it's outrageous. I, mean, it just, um, I don't know if you guys can give me an advice about what the Civil Disobedience Fund, if, if that's something I should maybe look into. Unfortunately, you know, the Civil Diso- – for you, unfortunately for you, the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund is focused only New on New Hampshire-based activists. Yeah, um, there's right. a very limited amount of money that's uh, that's coming in. And New Hampshire is the place for, uh, for you know, that this activism is being focused. And I want to thank you for the call tonight. I wish you the best of luck. Let us know what happens with, uh, with your friend, if you would, please. I'd appreciate that. 800-259-9231. Yeah, cdevolution.org. Actually, right here tonight on this program are three of the five board members of uh, cdevolution.org. Yeah, that's and true. It's and it's, you know, it's a new, relatively small organization with... A fairly small bank account, and uh, we there's just no way conceivably that we could get behind folks that are outside of uh, of New Hampshire as far as supporting their activism regarding civil disobedience. We just don't have the, any irons in the fire outside of New Hampshire, and we want to cha- affect as much change here as quickly as possible. And so, focusing our resources within New Hampshire and on those activists makes the most sense. That doesn't mean you can't support CD Evolution. If you support the kind of uh, disobedience that's going on here, you're certainly welcome to do so. More coming up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of these airwaves. Dial in via the toll-free number, and that number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there. Archives are included. We've got a lot of them, in fact, going all the way back to late 2006, courtesy of HostGator. HostGator.freetalklive.com. HostGator is a worldwide, uh, worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.freetalklive.com host you. Use that portal that we've created, HostGator.freetalklive.com. Get your first month completely free. It's hostgator.freetalklive.com. All right, 800-259-9231. So uh, we just heard from Mike in Wisconsin. He was out at a political event. And normally, politics is considered a safe event. It's a safe uh, venue for activists. It's looked at as well-treaded, uh, you know, well uh, there, there's been a lot of activity there. People know uh, the ins and the outs. They feel safe. They feel comfortable. It's a comfort zone for people that are activists. But... In a lot of cases, it's not so safe. In a lot of cases, politics can be a very risky endeavor indeed. The more politically successful you become, the more of a target uh, that you are. And if you threaten the status quo in some way or the status quo feels – the people in the status quo feel as though they're being threatened by your presence and your ideas in the political system, they will in many cases find a way to punish you for that. If you're a business owner, they bring in the fire marshal and find all kinds of uh, problems that had never existed before. When the Ron Paul folks uh, really just took over the Republican conventions in 2000. They figured out every way in the book to uh, shut them up. And if they tried to say something against uh, the rules that they were forcing, you know, either, uh, you know, illegally or against their own rules, turn off the microphone, they turn off the microphones, they kick people out, they, you know, they do whatever they could do. So, you know, these things are this is true. They, you know, the, the establishment doesn't like itself being usurped. But I think that you can if. I think you can have an effect in, in a more slow fashion as opposed to a I didn't to a say you fashion. couldn't have an effect. Yeah. I just uh, – my point was it's risky. Indeed. People believe there, it's there are not. Risks. And it is. I mean Mike and his friend went out to a political event last night thinking, oh, freedom of the press. Well, well, we no can biggie. record no We biggie. can record this public property. Of course we can. So it's just a you know, college campus. Of course we can be here to record this political event, public political event that's being uh, reported on by the mainstream media. Why shouldn't we be able uh, to report on it? And thing is, it doesn't matter what your interpretation of their constitution says. It doesn't matter what you think that it means. What matters is what they say. What matters is their interpretation. And 
maybe eventually down the line, if you pay enough money in the appeals courts or you know make it all the way up to the Supreme Court, they'll actually agree with you and that you were in the right when you were recording at that particular public event at that public university when you were arrested, yeah. uh, as his friend was, and charged <laughs> with disorderly conduct and other charges that amount to the amount of you know $700 in, in fines, which could mean jail time if you don't pay the fines. And so you've gone through all of that, and then maybe, maybe eventually they'll overturn that. But in the meantime, you've yeah. gone through hell. Back in your 20s. You know, I mean, yeah. it was... How long is it going to take you to get to the Supreme Court? could be a decade. So if the word gets around that cameramen are being arrested at uh, open political events, what is that going to do to encourage or discourage other people from recording video of government uh, interactions and bureaucracies? Is it going to deter it or is it going to encourage it? In most places. Here in New Hampshire, it's been pretty chilling. I mean, even amongst the activists here, the crackdowns on video cameras have been fairly successful over time. Not entirely. We did have William Kostrick on last night who was talking about how uh, his charges for wiretapping when he was recording a police officer in public have been dropped. So that's good news. Another activist also, uh, Carla, had her charges dropped as well. Uh, But they haven't gotten their cameras back. And Sam, you spent 58 days in jail because you recorded some video. Most people don't want to go through that. Mm -mm. So it's it's very difficult, and it is... You know, a risky thing. Being working within the system still entails risk. Anytime the status quo is challenged, your freedom is at risk. And it always is at risk anyway, if you think about it, if you want to think about it that way, which is why you should get active. Whether you get active in, in politics or civil disobedience or whatever, because sometimes the lines blur and they cross. Uh, the reason why you should get active is because if you don't do anything, then it's pretty much a guarantee that your freedoms will be further impinged upon. It's just a matter of time. Exactly. So do something, and uh, it's better to do your something around other folks, as uh, you know, Mike found out there because he was alone with his, essentially alone with his friend. He's at a public event where people are around, so that's good. They yeah, but nobody's going to come say, uh, save you. Nobody did anything. Right. They're not going to do anything. They're as too far scared as to even concern- turn their cameras on. As far as they're concerned, the cops are doing the right thing because they're cops. They must know the rules. What else would law enforcement officers be doing but enforcing the law? So getting people together makes a difference. Imagine if it were Mike, his friend, and ten of their friends yeah. all together, all with video cameras. Right. If, and with Quick.com. If nine guys would have whipped out cameras on those cops, and if it would have been an entirely different story. And if two or three of the nine were live broadcast to the internet, and then they tell the police, yeah, we're broadcasting you live online right now. You can't record me. I'm not. I'm streaming you live to the internet right now. <laughs> they don't like that. No, no I imagine so- they don't. But there's nothing that they can do about it except, nope. you know, reach out and grab your camera from you. And then they look yeah. like the guy who reached and out. And then and there are other th- three other cameras that caught them grabbing your camera. So more people, more cameras get together. Freestateproject.org. To the phones and the fun. Man, it knows a lot about recording the police. Dave Ridley is with us. Uh, RidleyReport.com, his website. The most prolific video uh, reporter here in New Hampshire. Dave, welcome to Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Thanks. Any comments? I don't know well, if this is wanted- the reason you were calling, uh, but any comments on these uh, this, these guys that were recording a public event uh, where the, the they were claiming that the, the event folks were claiming that they couldn't record, uh, even though it was on a public university campus, and uh, they got a, one of one of them was arrested. I only listened by podcast, so I could not tell from listening. I only listened, heard the last few minutes and couldn't tell where this happened. It was Wisconsin. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean that's it's one of those things where you know. Whatever the law says, there's always going to be some reluctance on the part of police, usually, to make an arrest over videotaping because they know the public is not on their side. You know, if they arrest somebody for videotaping or audiotaping, then doing their duties, 
then that's going to go over badly with the public. So that's the that's the that's the advantage that we have. True, but in the meantime, you've got an arrest on your hands. You've got a court trial, seven hundred dollars in fines, and you've got to deal with all that. It's nice if the public supports what you did, uh, but they didn't do anything to stand up for the uh, for the person who was arrested. The, the public was there. It was a public uh, event. Uh, where they were having a debate between political candidates, and the people of the public did not, uh, you know, rise up or anything like that. So it's nice to have How their much video got out of this situation. I don't know if any uh, video has come out yet. Uh, not enough liberty activists on site. Yeah, it was only two two guys. You know, I'm thinking this is similar to what happened at the Pumpkin Fest here, where you know the mainstream media might have partnered up with the university in order to invite the candidates, so it was their private event being held on public property. And that's where you get the sort of conflicting, um, I guess, viewpoints on this issue. But yet what exactly what happened here in Keene is that the, the corporate organizers went and got the police and told them, we want them out of here. And, and that's what the police do, just without question. Dave, anything else you want to add to this? Wisconsin. Go ahead. The police took the, the police took the cameras in Wisconsin. So I understand it. Yeah, the uh, the man pulled out a camera to record the the police harassing uh, somebody uh, over having a camera, and uh, they immediately arrested that uh, that the gentleman that pulled the camera out. In that okay. case, well, yeah. Again, that's another thing, especially if it happens in New Hampshire. I have this motto: make the most of camera confiscation. You know, make the most you can out of it because it's really a bigger deal than the police behaving badly in front of the camera. Yeah, it is a big deal. So what were you calling about tonight, Dave? I know it wasn't this. Well, actually, I was going to update you, and I just haven't heard you guys talking about the next 1,000 thing that's been going on very much, and I thought I should mention that. Well, we haven't uh, we have been talking about it, but uh, you know, we, we're certainly glad to talk about it more. I should have mentioned it. I apologize, Dave. Uh, what is next 1,000? Well, no, I may have just missed it, but I, I listened to about half of what you guys do, so I missed part of it. But I just know I hadn't heard it mentioned. But basically, you, you guys had the, next, the first 1,000 uh, operation that went on back, I guess, mostly in the mid-2000s. And that was successful. And the, the idea now is to try and get a second group of 1,000 signers to pledge that they will move to New Hampshire, uh, I, I think, the autumn or the end of 2011. Yeah, it's, that sounds about right. And the reason significant right now, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, it sounds about right. Go ahead, significant, why? Yeah, the reason it's significant right now is because I think the deadline for signing is autumn of 2010. So it's just a couple months at the most, probably more like one month, that people have if they want to be on the pledge bank uh, for moving into in, in uh, 2011. And the sooner they can move, the better. As I mentioned before, I was down in L.A. at the Libertopia oh, Convention. Oh. You all right there, Dave? <laughs> Thanks for the yeah. call, man. Yeah, I got to, I'm, I'm uh, outside at bar. Oh, okay, have fun tonight. Thank you for the call. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. But yeah, there were a lot of folks at Libertopia that were planning on making the move in 2011 and 2012. And of course, people waiting to get out of college and they're going to move and families, they take time to get here and they're coming, man. Sign up at pledgebank.com slash next1000. And sign up at freestateproject.org as well and join the Free State Project. Get your butt on up here if you love freedom. More coming up. Hour three's on the way. You take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. So, you want to move to New Hampshire for liberty? nhmove.info has articles, links, and activism alerts to help you decide exactly where and how to make your move. Even job listings. Browse the inventory of liberty blogs, sites, and media, or promote your own efforts, all free, at nhmove.info. If you're moving to New Hampshire, you better go now and bookmark nhmove.info. 
is Free Talk Live, and we're kicking off the third hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the various different features we have there for you for free. Uh, that's the way a good talk show website should be, and uh, so that's the way it is at freetalklive.com. In fact, you actually get to create the content of the website, should you choose. As you're surfing around the web, you find something that you think is pretty interesting, you want to share it with our listeners, you submit it to freetalklive.com as show prep, and then it shows up in our upcoming stories queue. Other listeners then look at what you've submitted, vote on whether they like or dislike your suggestion, and the most liked will make it to the front page in the top of the website for a certain amount of time. That's freetalklive.com. So it's always something you know, relatively new up there because of the way the site works. And it's thanks to listeners like you for making it possible. Because if it weren't for listeners uh, like you putting stuff on the site, there wouldn't be anything there. We'd have a crappy old site like we used to have. <laughs> so uh, freetalklive.com. Enjoy that. Sam joining us here from ObscuredTruth.com, and of course you can go there to visit him and his uh, see his videos about frequently uh, on uh, liberty-oriented themes. Let's go to the phones and the fun. Ty is on the line in Tennessee, and then coming up we'll uh, tell you a little bit more about the Government Doesn't Suck March that's happening this weekend in Washington, D.C. Go ahead, Ty. What's on your mind tonight? Well, hey, I'm glad I got uh, got you guys, Ian, Ian Mark, and uh, Sam, because I'm trying to resolve some philosophical conflicts uh, between my uh, my belief and my my philosophy of, of liberty and and uh, no state and uh, the idea of voting. Still, I'm still trying to resolve those conflicts. Okay, um, it's kind of interesting. I also listened to uh, Wes Bertrand's uh, uh, Complete Liberty podcast. It is an awesome podcast. Me. That's, it's great. Yeah. It's, and, you know, he's been playing some of the episodes from Free Talk Live, and he talks about different things. It was you three guys that he was talking to. As a matter yeah, of that's fact. where he was advocating not voting at all, and we were defending voting as pretty much a defensive measure that can have some small amount of effect in some minority cases, like uh, up here in New Hampshire, to have some effect on changing things. Right. And I think that, uh, you know, before we start on this tie, uh, that, that we'll likely all agree that voting is largely pointless and that mostly doesn't do anything to change the system and that um, you know most of the time it's probably better for you to have stayed at home that you didn't waste your time and that uh, yeah definitely the government bureaucrats as a matter of fact I got a show uh, story here in show prep that if we ever get to it that uh, uh, you know the government bureaucrats screw with the voting machines and that there's all kinds of reasons not to vote and you know if you don't live in New Hampshire fine I don't care well, you know, where I'm at right now, uh, there's one ballot thing that's, that I'd love to vote on. It's uh, where I live right now. They're trying to consolidate between city government that's big government and the county government, which is big government, you know, making one mega government sure. uh, out of it. And I, I want to vote against that. But then, it, you know, I've come to the realization that I'm, I'm effectively voting to stop government, which is, you know, isn't that kind of like, war to end wars and having sex to, to save virginity. So, you know, it's, it seems like I'm, I'm contradicting myself here. So well, uh, the, you know, the suggestion is I, I'm sorry, uh, you know, the, the suggestion is is that you are participating in government in order to stop government. And uh, let me dissuade you of that, uh, of, of that belief. Just because you go and vote doesn't mean that you have anything to do with their government. Believe me, they're going to run it the way they want to run it anyway. So going exactly. in- that's the point. That's the point. It's I'm, I feel like I'm doing whack a mole 
and and it and it doesn't matter. I'm losing, and I'm just getting frustrated. Well, you do it. live you in Tennessee. You do live in Tennessee, so you probably don't really have anything or anybody worth voting for. That's true. There are, there are no liberty-oriented candidates. Not even not even to the point of Declaration of Independence, liberty-type candidates. You know what I'm saying? There are I some know. That, that claim constitutional, but and I'm just far beyond that. You know, I was listening to Ernie Hancock's show a while back, and he was on this voting issue, and he made some points that really sort of changed my view on this. Um, I ha- I don't vote anymore uh, in the in the political sense, but he pointed out that he does vote, and and so do I. Every one of my videos is my vote, and unlike you know with the voting machines and using the political process, I know that my vote counts because I meet people who come up to me and tell me, hey. You know, you really changed my mind. Thank you. I moved up here because I saw what was going on or I heard about your story or this and that. That's me out there voting. Every time I pick up a phone and call in to talk radio where other people are listening and get to hear my ideas, I'm voting. Well, um, I, I I think that there are many things that you can do as far as activism goes that are far more effective than voting. However, yeah. voting's voting, and not voting is not voting, and so there's it, it's not the same thing. I, I think that the the point that you're making is that you can do many, 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 many things that are far more effective than voting. And I would absolutely agree. If the yeah. only kind of political a- activism that you do is go out every couple of uh, years and vote, big fat hairy deal, you, you haven't done anything. Um, you know. Put a couple of uh, yard signs out, maybe, uh, you know, b- attend the little party events and, and whatever uh, that is. Maybe maybe then you could call yourself an activist. But meh, voting, that doesn't make for activism. It is it is a statistically inconsequential act. Yep. However, it isn't you participating in, in government. It isn't you being how you should the feel. government. I think that's how you should feel about it, that it's – you're not really doing anything significant by participating in this process. Whether you do or you do not, uh, you're not doing right, anything and significant. The, and then that's the thing, that the anti-voting crowd seems to believe that they're going to cripple the system by not participating in it. And there's no evidence for it whatsoever. There's a lot of evidence the, against it, The bureaucrats as a will continue, as you said, mm-hmm. Mark, to do whatever the heck it is they want to do. Because one thing's for sure, they are not going to be dissuaded from voting. And they are not going to be dissuaded from thinking that uh, their little system is important and that it matters and that uh, so on and so forth. Go ahead with your thoughts. Well, see, I, I just think that I've been putting myself through all this mental anguish for months yes. over something that really is insignificant. Yeah. Really is. When just it have comes to choose down not to. The bottom line, it's insignificant because it's like I said, it's whack-a-mole. Yeah, you just and have to choose not to anguish, uh, you know, feel anguish over it. That, right. Yeah, that's exactly the reason I don't vote is I just don't. It's not worth the, uh, the heartache or the struggle that I go through in order to, you know, do that. I'd rather be out doing the activism that I know is making a difference. And the people who want to go out and vote and be involved in politics and they love it for whatever reason, more power to you. Yeah, right. but so, for me, taking a bike ride, a 10-minute bike ride to the polling location isn't a huge Right, investment. but, but that's, it's, it's a state of mind, and I think that that's, some, that's something I'd like to address. I absolutely have spent too much time this election season deciding which craphead <laughs> I'm going to put a, a number two pencil well, mark I by. haven't at all. Right. You, you don't do this. You Generally, you don't think about it. It doesn't bother you as much, but it, it does bother me. I think about it. Now, admittedly, generally when I'm thinking about it, I'm doing something else. I'll be driving or splitting wood or doing something that, you know, my mind's going to have to think about something else. But I can definitely get myself kind of whipped up about this craphead or that craphead that happens to be 
be running for office. But Ty, let me assure uh, the, the the chances of you casting the Ty winning vote. And honestly, it's only the Ty winning vote that counts, Ty. The chances of you casting that Ty winning vote are pretty slim. I don't know how many people live in your uh, town or county or which ones get to uh, vote on this, whether it's the town or the county or or whomever gets to vote. Um, and these these smaller uh, elections, I will admit, have more. Uh, your vote has more weight than the larger ones. If you want to go vote, I say go vote. But um, the chances that your vote is going to be the one that actually makes a difference is slim. It could be, but it's slim. Well, not even that. It's just they're they're going to consolidate this government. You know, against mob wishes, against a lot of people's wishes in this area, they're going to centralize the government. I agree with Whether you on that. Time or the next time, or or five years from now, you know, it, it's really a lost cause for me to even try to restrain it because it's going to go. I agree with you on that. Hold, However, there are people out there. Spring breast. Yes, there are people out there that will claim that you have no right to complain about the situation if you didn't vote on that particular situation. And in their mind, that point is valid. You may be able to come up with some argument that doesn't make it valid, but generally, when dealing with a stranger, strangers don't convince people of things too often. So if you did participate in the system and did vote against it, at the very least, in their mind, you will have a valid complaint against it. They don't know whether you voted or not. It's, it's completely you anonymous. Go, you could lie to them. You could vote by not voting, in my opinion. You're voting for, you know, you're voting to opt out in that case. Thanks for the call, Ty. I appreciate it. 800-259-9231. And uh, I understand feeling like it's all pointless, and it pretty much is. So move to New Hampshire where it might not feel as pointless here. 800-259-9231. That is if you plan to continue to uh, to do it. More coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, you can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free and uh, take control of the airwaves here at 800-259-9231. And we're brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those at freetalklive.com. Features including things like our bulletin board system, where you can get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners. Go to bbs.freetalklive.com to do that bbs.freetalklive.com Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey set up for you. Get paid and promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. Check them out at DellValleySilver.com and get a get a hold of Karen to get started. It's DellValleySilver.com. All right. So, uh, by the way, we're going to talk here we'll a little bit. get a bunch bit. of those Dell Valley Silver rounds. They're nice. They're yeah. very nice. Uh, and she's got the, are they quarter ounces? She's got half ounces. She's got some smaller ones, yeah, too. Yeah, they're cool. Very cool. Great product. Nice lady. Uh, so 800-259-9231. Earlier in the show tonight, we started a piece from the Washington Post, and I didn't get a chance to get through it, and it's worth it because it's just so ludicrous. Uh, the <laughs> government workers in Washington, D.C. are very upset with how they're being perceived by the public. 
they want to change the public perception of how government workers are uh, are seen. In fact, uh, the the post points out that they had the they did a poll that shows widespread negative perceptions of federal workers. And they don't like that very much. They don't like being thought of uh, negatively. They don't like terms like bureaucrat. Uh, and they want to be seen as, you know, good folks who are out there doing good. And uh, they're, they're trying to help out the world. But let's see what they have to say for themselves. The story is that uh, the Government Doesn't Suck March is taking place this Saturday. It's coinciding, not officially, uh, with John Stewart's rally to restore sanity. In yes, fact, it's sort of a response it, to that. It, it, it's sort of... It's sort of going to give them a little something to claim, though. Oh, look at all the people that came out for our event. Yeah, there's going to be no way to to, uh, really tell who came out for the government people's event versus Jon Stewart's event. But I imagine Jon Stewart will be the significant draw. And so it should be an interesting time to be out there, period, just because Jon Stewart's event, I'm sure, will draw a very uh, diverse crowd of folks that a lot of them will be very frustrated with the, the, the federal government and be a ripe pickings, if you will, for the folks of the Liberty community to reach out to and to you know, get some information into their hands and some ideas into their heads. But the government folks will be out there, and the man behind it is Steve Ressler, the founder of GovLoop, uh, GovLoop.com, which is a social networking website for public servants. He says, it's time to turn the tables and remind the world that government employees just happen to be people, people that don't suck. He said in a message sent to the Federal Eye on Sunday announcing the march, government workers, he said, are a lot of cool cats who work hard, listen to good music, and watch Stewart's The Daily Show. He said, but that's all after they've spent a whole day keeping the country running. Really? Ah, this one. The idea that it's the government bureaucrats, the government bureaucracies that keep the gears turning here in america if it weren't for the government the country would stop running these they're keeping the country running what would we do without them if we didn't have regulations and taxes and unending amounts of alphabet bureaucracies that we get to obey and report to we wouldn't be able to get anything done and we'd have to struggle to figure out what to do with the seven to twelve fold increase in wealth that we would all benefit we can't from make as well. Decisions That'd be like that. Thank goodness we have government out there to make sure that everything just goes smoothly. It's like a well oiled machine. Thanks to the government, the federal government. Boy, what was I thinking? It's all a shame of these there isn't years. a truth in advertising in this uh, that, that kicks into play here. <laughs> it's it's sometimes they will come out with this line that we are so integral to the functions of the United States of America to the business business would not be able to survive without government. And it's the, it's the idea that somehow the host needs the parasite. And no, sorry, you guys are outdated. You're ancient. Your technology is very old, thousands of years old, the idea of controlling other human beings. It's despicable. And uh, and it's not cool. You may be very cool in your personal life. You may uh, hang out with cool folks, cool cats, as he says. And uh, you, you may listen to good music. You may be really nice in, uh, in your family life. But you aren't cool in what you do for a living, in the way that you make your living. And you certainly aren't keeping the country running. Now, as Mark pointed out earlier tonight, there are some government people that provide a service that would exist in the marketplace, like protection or fire, pre- uh, fire prevention, things like that. 
Uh, and that's, you know, that's fine. It would be even cooler if they could do it on a voluntary consensual basis. But those people aren't keeping the country running. Nothing the government does keeps the country running. That's the biggest lie. It's one of the biggest lies about government, uh, aside from the idea that they're somehow beneficial or, uh, you know, or nice in general in the way they, they do their business. They do business under the threat of violence. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you're not keeping anything running. It's people who are out there providing services and products to folks, people who are out there providing charity to folks, people who are out there providing things to other people who want them. Yeah. They are the ones that are keeping the country running. The, the- Otherwise, look at North Korea. There's plenty of government there and not much else. Right. You know, it's it, it's the... The, the the people that are going to work, they're the fuel that drives the engine. Those are the people that are doing the the work to keep things going. And I admit there are people in the government that do uh, you know stuff that's uh, you know, that's sort of necessary in the marketplace. They're doing it in the, the wrong way. Um, you know the the way that the service is provided is is the wrong manner to provide the service. But they've got some important services. But this is essentially the uh, you know the governor that keeps the, uh, the 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 car from going above a certain speed or whatever. Tell Telling the engine, hey, you need me. Thanks to me. Yeah, in order to keep going, and it's just not so. Wrestlers attempts to raise awareness while having fun jives with the spirit of Saturday's sanity rally and the mission of GovLoop, a site he launched in 2008. The site counts tens of thousands of members, most of them under the age of 35, across the country and around the world, who swap ideas, share tips, and arrange to meet virtually or in person with counterparts. Different from, ways to ignore the people you're waiting on. Yeah, local, yeah. state, federal, and international Wear dark government. glasses so that you never have to maintain eye contact with them. So all levels of government uh, bureaucrats are on this GovLoop website. Resler launched the site while working as a Department of Homeland Security employee in Florida, but it grew quickly, and last year he sold GovLoop and quit DHS to run it full-time. The Washington Post maintains a content partnership with GovLoop as a part of our coverage with the federal government. The Government Doesn't Suck March starts at 10.30 in the morning on Saturday, and if you're going to be out there, it should be a very interesting time. So let us know what transpires. Government workers and their friends and family are encouraged to join up and march together to, quote, put a human face on governmental bureaucracy to show the country that you're capable of having a laugh. And (laughs) I think this is very revealing about how these people, these government bureaucrats, feel they are perceived. And I think that's good news. I think it's desperate on their part to uh, to do this, you can you can interpret this happening in different ways. I mean, you can look at it and and look at it as kind of sad. You could look at it as amusing. Uh, I suppose somebody could look at it as a little scary. I think it's great that these uh, people are out there putting a human face on an organization that does such heartless and inhumane things. Yeah, that's what they, that's what they feel they have to do because they know how people look at them. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 
888-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free. So head over there and enjoy those on us. Uh, freetalklive.com features including our mobile site. If you've got a smartphone, just go to m.freetalklive.com and you get quick access to our podcasts, our live streams at m.freetalklive.com. Have you ever considered taking your case to court without an attorney? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people Without a lawyer who must know what it takes to win and for people with lawyers that want to minimize legal fees and maximize winning by knowing what should be done. It works for plaintiffs or defendants. It costs less than an hour with any good lawyer, and it's so easy the average eighth grader could go through the complete four-CD course in a single weekend. You can get it at Jurisdictionary.com. Sam, I borrowed your Jurisdictionary uh, course in order to study for, I don't know, I think it was a ticket or something back then. Am I going to get that back, by the no, way? No, no, I gave it, uh, I oh. think I gave it to 280. Okay, so I'm um, so, to go find him. <laughs> I, I don't know whether you have it or not. I couldn't claim to know that. Uh, if you need help, uh, l- let me know. But because I thought it was so good, I went and bought my own. So yeah. uh, you know, that's my endorsement, Jurisdictionary.com. So good, I used it and then went and bought my own, Jurisdictionary.com. All right, so you can bring up anything. Uh, toll-free number 800-259-9231. I've got an example that's really disgusting as far as why it is one of the reasons why I find politics to be particularly detestable. And one of the things that I find detestable about politics is the cult of personality that can form around uh, political candidates, the mindless groupthink, the chanting that frequently is found at political rallies. Uh, it's so frequently seen, especially during presidential elections, the, the more the tension in the political race, the more likely people will be radicalized in favor of their particular candidate and more likely to do stupid violent and dangerous things on behalf of the so-called candidate. Politics is particularly frustrating as well. Is if you're from a liberty perspective, as I have been in throughout my adult life and doing politics, and I have done you know my share of it. I've managed a campaign down in, uh, in Sarasota, Florida, for whatever that was worth. And uh, it's just the, the more popular the candidate becomes, the more problems arise. Or in the same way, the more popular a political party becomes – the more compromised it becomes. And that's what I saw happen with the, the Libertarian Party, which when I joined, I believed was the party of principle, that they really believed uh, throughout the party that they weren't supposed to initiate force or advocate the, uh, the initiation of force or aggressive force against uh, peaceful people, people who were, were not harming others. And it turns out that over time, that message was significantly watered down, and they did advocate uh, for you know, for force being used on, on people, and it became very dis, uh, disenchanting to me. And I dropped out of most of my affiliation with, uh, with the Libertarian Party, eventually publicly quitting uh, the Libertarian Party a couple of years ago before the 2008 elections. But also in the same thing with it, where uh, so where you see the political parties as they become more popular, they get infiltrated, they get taken over, they get corrupted. You see the same things uh, where with uh, with political candidates, where a political candidate can't really control who his supporters are, right? So uh, Ron Paul, when he was running in 2008, took some flack because some white supremacist uh, gave him some money. And I think Ron Paul took the right position on it, saying that, look, if they want to give me their money, I'm not going to give it back to them. At least I can use it to to, to put out a, a positive message. You can't control. I don't know who all the Free Talk Live amplifiers are. Right. I, 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 they would have know. never done that to any other candidate, especially not a Democratic candidate. You know, this is. You mean call them out? 
Uh, right. No reporter is going to say, oh, this Democratic candidate got some money from a white supremacist. But sometimes of there's some, it's uncom- it would be uncommon. Sometimes there's some really bad stuff that uh, that happens that, you know, not even the candidate can say anything to just like, oh, my God, uh, there's video footage out there and it's pretty disturbing. Um, it's not a. I don't think this is a cop who is uh, doing this. It's just a supporter. Uh, it's a political activist, a supporter of Rand Paul. Now, let's make it clear. Rand Paul is not his father. The apple fell pretty far from the tree from uh, from what I can tell. The guy is bad on a lot of issues where the most basic liberty-oriented person should get it. He doesn't. Um, so I'm not putting him out there as, like, the liberty candidate. If anything, John Dennis is probably the best liberty candidate out there on the, the national scene today. And, Mark, I think you did an interview with him on last night's podcast. So if you missed that, you can go and grab that. But uh, Rand Paul, one of his supporters and campaign staff, stomped on the, the, the neck of a protester outside a Kentucky TV studio recently where Paul debated uh, apparently his uh, Democratic opponent. That person is facing assault charges before the debate between Senate nominees. Lauren Valle, a volunteer with liberal group MoveOn.org, was walking through a crowd of Paul boosters with a sign when several men grabbed her and pushed her to the curb as one stomped on her face, according to Politico. This uh, UPI, uh, UPI.com reporting this one. Bali, uh, 23. This is really, 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 really bad. I want you to try to uh, try yeah. to stand uh, outside the fray for a second. Step back. Disengage your mind from who you think is the good guy and who you think is the bad guy in this political race. Just release and let go after a couple of deep breaths. And try to look at this like somebody from the other side or somebody who's not engaged in this. Rand Paul said something to the effect of, uh, you know, the civil rights uh, legislation of the 60s. I think it's the civil rights. Uh, uh, what is it? What is the, what was the name of the law? Civil Rights Act yeah, of it. 1963. I don't know exactly what it was, was uh, bad and wrong. And he didn't do it in the most effective fashion. I would agree that there are definitely things wrong with that act. And, you know. He probably was a bit blindsided by it, wasn't ready for it. I'm not saying that's the worst thing about this. I'm just saying take that fact that, you know, he came out against the Civil Rights Act of 1960-whatever and combine it with the curb-stomping antics of uh, his supporters who are out there who are probably largely white and with their signs and angry and upset and don't tread on me. Mm-hmm. Put this all together and try to see what other people see. Seems pretty clear to me. Yeah, it just it looks like the people that stood in front of uh, the black kids that wanted to go to integrated high schools uh, with the uh, National Guard around. That's what it looks like. Vale 23 said she was attempting to give Paul a mock award from Republicorp, started by Move On to highlight corporate giving. Now the Republicorp, there was uh, this was outside of the uh, Republican campaign or uh, party meeting here in in New Hampshire. Was it? Yeah, and it's it's really pretty stupid because. Um, the suggestion is that the Republican Party and uh, big corporations are in bed together. Really? You don't think the Democratic Party's together in bed with yeah. uh, corporations? Yeah, well, again, this is politics. Yes. It's, it's partisan. It attracts the partisan. It attracts uh, the angry. It attracts the you know the groupthink. I'm not defending her in what uh, you know the intel- in the the level of intellect surrounding the particular campaign she was waging. 
but clearly she was more <laughs> intellectual than these monkeys who uh, jumped all over her like a you know a crowd of shrieking hairless apes and uh, and that's what I that's really I mean I don't know who made that comparison originally but the shouting and the chanting that goes on at these political rallies is like you know a bunch of hairless apes shouting and chanting at uh, at one another it's just absolutely awful and so mindless and so I guess the what probably happened here is these guys thought she was trying to attack Rand Paul. And that was going to be – I imagine that's their excuse because somebody was saying something about, where are the police? Where are the police? The woman is nowhere near Rand Paul. She's holding a sign. It's just – it's entirely inappropriate what these people did, and it's just – it's. It's an example of how when you're doing politi- uh, political action and you're a political candidate, for instance, you can't s- control who shows up at these events. If you have a public event where this guy it was at a you know, public debate, you're, you're getting out of your car, you're walking. That's what he was doing. And the, Rand Paul is in the video. He's getting out of his vehicle. He's walking into uh, the debate, supposedly. And there's all these supporters around, you know, being they're loud, boisterous selves. This woman is different. She steps in the mix, and they they jump her essentially, and then put a boot to her neck. It's despicable. What are you supposed to do as a political candidate in a, in a situation like that? You can speak out against it, but how do you prevent people like that from showing up? How do you prevent you know the violent nutters from associating themselves with you? How do you do it? One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. And then, as you said, how does it make you look? Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can take control of the airwaves and share what you think about anything. Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. edition of Free Talk Live. Still enough time for your call. If you make it now to 1-800-259-9231, you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Got a lot of features there free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you want to support the show, you can do that by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. You enter Amazon through that link, you can get a bunch of stuff. And uh, it's cheap. It's Amazon, the world's largest internet retailer in dozens of categories They've got it, and Free Talk Live will get a portion of the proceeds. You get a portion of the sale when you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. However, I don't think you can get medication at Amazon. No, if you're taking if you're taking medications and you're getting them at a local pharmacy, you're likely paying too, more than you have to. Um, I'm not going to say it's paying too much. You're getting what you what you pay for or whatever. But uh, there there could be a better way. Discount prescription services will get you your meds at discounts as high as 70% off, and they will deliver them right to your door. So you, not only do you not have to uh, pay the higher prices, but you get them delivered to you. All you have to do is go to meds.freetalklive.com. Click there. Become click on become a member. It's on the left hand side of the page. Their customer service is excellent. I've walked through this process with them, um, and I I did it uh, sort of as uh, as somebody that they you know wouldn't necessarily know, and that way I could verify for because I know my listeners want to know this kind of inf- information. So you can save big time. Use meds.freetalklive.com. 
We're talking about a story regarding the uh, Rand Paul, one of the Rand Paul supporters who has just done something horrible to another human being. Uh, a young lady, 23-year-old lady, was at a Rand Paul event or at a, a public debate, and she was in a crowd of Rand Paul supporters, and she was holding up a, a political sign, which you know was partisan and silly, but that's what happens at those uh, at those events. And she's in this crowd of these shouting, uh, angry people. And as as politics tends to be, it's a very angry, conflict uh, conflict oriented event. And uh, they didn't like her very much, or they felt somehow threatened by her. She's just a little lady. She's just a little young lady. And they take this woman and they throw her on the ground. And then one of the people who was involved in throwing her on the ground then steps on her neck. Stops, uh, not quite a hard, you know, a brutally hard stomp, but definitely stomps to the point where it's going to cause it was some malicious. pain. It, it appeared malicious uh, from the video. It was horrible. I mean, it's not, as, it's not as violent as what the cops might do, <laughs> but... It was like the guy wanted to be a cop. It was like he was trying to be his baddest ass cop uh, mofo self. And it was just despicable. Now, in the article uh, that we were sharing with you from the UPI, it's Rand Paul's campaign that uh, issued a statement condemning the attack, as, as he should. Smart. Uh, you know, the, the Paul Fratenda campaign is extremely disappointed in and condemns the actions of a supporter last night outside the debate. Whatever perceived pro- the perceived provocation, any level of aggression or violence is deplorable and will not be tolerated by our campaign. Too bad he uh, tolerates aggression in his political beliefs. But that aside, I'm curious as to whether or not the man who stomped on this young lady has apologized. I'm curious as to what he has to say for himself and his actions, because it's absolutely just despicable and uncalled for. You know, and we were talking about voting earlier in the show and how, you know, I don't choose to vote through the political system. And this is a perfect example of why. And one of the times, Ian, you pointed out to me a letter that came out of Campaign for Liberty. And you had just gone through and highlighted all the terms that pointed to conflict. We've Mm. got to fight. We've got to take this back. We've got to beat them. It's a battle. It's a war. All of these terms of just aggression and violence, and this is the kind of mindset that you find in politics, and this is just really a natural it manifests outcome like of yeah. it. Yeah, and it's just so sad riding around town, seeing all of these people putting out these signs that are essentially you know, advertisements for their new slave master. It's like, Davis, I want Davis to be my new slave master. He's going to be a good master to me. And it, if you don't like Davis, I'm going to stomp your head into the curb. Yeah, or, you know, then you get the neighbor across the street. No, it's Marshall. Marshall's the new slave master that we need for, for us. And, Who would get so upset? Because we talk about the free marketplace. We talk about getting away, or frequently on this program, talk about getting away from government, this old, ancient, decrepit, uh, barbaric idea of, of mankind ruling over other men by threat of violence. Uh, we talk about moving away from that. And who would get so jazzed up and, and angry about Walmart electing a new CEO? Yeah. Who would get behind, you know, who would go out and, and, and hold rallies for that? I mean, maybe well, it could happen, but it sure as hell doesn't happen today. No, whoever is, is upset by that is likely to just stop shopping there. You know, yeah. I mean, problem solved. Don't support them. And I just, I really, I, now when I see these signs in people's yard, I just think, wow, these people are still sucked into this paradigm of having a taskmaster, having somebody 
run their life for them because you're just you're not smart enough to make any of these decisions on your own. So you've got to delegate this to somebody else. I well, just of course, think- it's not always true. I mean, I had to sign up for Andrew Carroll in uh, my yard, who's a free stater, a liberty activist that ran for uh, for Democrat here. Yeah, but I would say you're one of the exceptions, and so is Andrew Carroll. Uh, you know, most. But of if the- Andrew Carroll had a, a loud shouting, uh, you know, a campaign event, I would not want to be there. Yeah, I wouldn't that either. Is not well, attractive to me. Uh, now I've got to say that I've been to one of these, uh, the Ron Paul event at the Liberty Forum, and uh, it's been two different years. But the the second time in 2008, right before uh, the the vote in New Hampshire. Man, I just felt the energy that was going on in that room. The people were standing up and they were just ha- they were they were very excited by the guy that was going on, uh, that going up there. He largely uh, agrees with our principles and you well, the, know, the liberty crowd isn't as likely as the common political crowd to be engaging in violence. But that said, you oh, can't control who shows the up. The violence to that I'm talking about here, I'm talking about the energy going on. People yelling and screaming, have a good time. Hollering. Hooping. These people were not. Uh, These you know, people this was in not this video are not event. whom I'm talking about. Yeah, no. I'm talking about those people. And I I'm think it's a bad idea. Chanting that and this shouting. woman walked up with some kind of award from Republicorp, some kind of fictitious plastic award. I assume it's plastic. I don't know. Some kind of award to try to hand it to a political candidate. If the Secret Service had been there and this was a larger, uh, you know, candidate for office, they would have thrown this lady to the pavement. I don't know. They probably wouldn't have stomped on her like this guy did. And I think the stomping is the most malicious part of this, and probably the part that's uh, certainly the part that's least forgivable. Uh, it was pretty malicious to grab her and prevent her from moving in an area in which she should have been able to move around. But it was. Do you agree that it's dumb to walk up to a political candidate and try to hand them some unidentified object that could be, say, covered in anthrax or made out of C4? I think you're paranoid. I mean, I understand why you would say that. People kill political dumb. activists. They care about these I issues. I don't think it's dumb necessarily. That's you know, she was trying to make a point, and it's dumb. And, and this is the, really the problem with politics: is it takes all of this passion, all of this energy and directs it against something else. I really look forward to the day when people can direct their passion into a an idea or a methodology that's not rooted in violence, and when I can ride around town and not see, and not see signs. signs begging for one slave master uh, over another. It'll be a wonderful day. Let's go to the phones and the fun and talk to Ed in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ed. How you gentlemen doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Ed? I... Hey, uh, <clears throat> Uh, I think Mark's last comment was ridiculous talking about, uh, but anyway, the, uh, he is ridiculous. Rand Paul deal. It hardly ever happens, even less than what Mark was talking about happening. But what, I what, want to wait, 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 what, hold on. What hardly ever happens? Uh, someone get uh, slamming a woman down on the pavement. That's true, Often but but that's what the that anger leads to. That's summer. what the shouting and the the chanting and the groupthink leads to. It, it leads to people acting out. I mean, you look yes, at the, you can, look at studies but... of groupthink and and how humans behave when they're in packs like that, and it it leads to more violence. Right, it can, but like I said, it hardly ever happens. But I mean, I'm glad it doesn't. Thank I'm goodness. Saying. But I want to knock the Tea Party. Uh, okay. Did y'all hear about Gary Johnson, you know, the former governor yeah, of Yeah, that's right, the, the anti-war-on-drugs Gary Johnson. Yeah, he got booed by the Tea Party people. Why? <laughs> because he wants to legalize drugs? Right. I mean, this shows how ignorant they are, they are. Of, of the so-called Constitution. Right, I mean, they it's, a, mix, they, it's they, a mixed crowd, obviously. Constitutional people. Yeah. Were you there for that? Did you see this, this transpire? No, no, I just, I just read the article gotcha. about it, but... 
Well, yeah, saying, we you know, we want freedom, except if we don't like what you do. <laughs> I think right, that's I mean, sad. Tea Party it, has really it lost shows its way. How bogus they are, like Christine O'Donnell saying that uh, the prayer made her get a jump in the pose. The prayer. <laughs> I Jesus mean, hey, I'd like me. to ask her or anybody in these religious things. Why can't you? Why hasn't there ever been an amputee healed from prayer? It's always a good question. I'm Jesus, <laughs> and I endorse Christine O'Donnell. <laughs> Is that what we, right, she would have us believe? Is that her uh, crew of supporters has uh, garnered the favor of God Almighty? And <laughs> yes. they just need to get a Mexican guy that looks like Jesus, and then you know he can say it. Me llamo Jesus. All right, we're out of time. It has been Ian with you, and Sam, I am, <laughs> and Mark. We will see you tomorrow night. Online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right, it's it's another edition of the Edgington Post, and today I have with me a, a guy that we've had on a few times. It's uh, but he's you know he's it's, he's evergreen. <laughs> His name is Stephen Kinsella. He's a practicing patent attorney and libertarian writer. Uh, he's general counsel for Applied Optoelectrics Incorporated, director of the Center for Study of Innovative Freedom, the editor of Libertarian Papers. His books include the influential Against Intellectual Property. And starting November 1st, he'll be teaching a six-week Mises Academy course, Rethinking Intellectual Property, History, Theory, and Economics. Stefan? Thanks, Mark. It's good to be here. Yeah. Tell me, tell me about this course you're te- teaching for Mises. Well, Mises, uh, the Mises Institute has been on the forefront of um, sort of an open media, open information, open technology uh, outreach program for a several years now, and they're sort of like the Google of the libertarian academia. And um, they they launched this Mises Academy uh, uh, roughly nine months or a year ago. They've had a few courses so far. They all, they've all been very popular. And it's basically private courses taught by professors or teachers uh, who are experts in various areas. Uh, and people from all over the world can sign up and take these courses and, and learn what they're interested in. Um, this course was, is, is, uh, is about the foundations of intellectual property, the history of it, how it came about, and its relevance to libertarianism and to political theory and uh, economics. You know, ever since we started Free Talk Live, I would have never considered myself an expert in this area, and, and still I probably uh, w- wouldn't be considered an expert, but I, I know more than your average bird on the uh, the subjects of intellectual property. But it has been a hot-button issue on Free Talk Live, and, you know, this isn't your normal talk radio fair where, you know, and they argue about whether or not the red team or the blue team are the ones that are right and all this nonsense. Mm-hmm. I mean, here we are talking about uh, what's, uh, you know, a divisive issue am- amongst uh, libertarians. I think it's a hot-button issue among libertarians in particular because we are really concerned when we think about it hard about justice and rights and what the right and wrong of things are. And I do believe that this one issue is the one issue that has sort of been uh, unexamined for many decades, 
And I just think that this is an aspect of the legal system of the state, which libertarians take for granted as being valid. Um, and I think it's largely because they don't really realize how dependent it is on the state, how dependent it is on legislation, and its origins in censorship and in monopoly. Yeah, you know, um, it's 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 one of those things. I mean, libertarians like property and property rights, so something called intellectual property must be something that libertarians are for. But when you take it to its ludicrous ludicrous extreme, and I find that a good way to think about things, um, you know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I tend to, to extrapolate things out. You know, what if uh, my Bonnie lies over the ocean or, um, you know, any of the, the myriad of, of very old songs out? I guess uh, uh, Mozart, uh, good music um, to, to use as an example. What if all these things were still copyrighted? I mean, should the ancestors of Mozart, and I couldn't tell you what year he was uh, alive, but let, let's say he's mm-hmm. uh, 18th century. You know, mm-hmm. should the last 300 years of Mozartians out there, the people that uh, that that the heirs to this guy um, and his music, should they not have to work simply because uh, obviously he was a, a giant among men when it came to composing, but that seems wrong to me. Well, not only that, the, the common argument given for intellectual property, um, which, should, which should not be a libertarian argument because it's not very principled, but the common argument is that we need these artificial state monopoly privileges to give extra incentives for people to be creative and to innovate. Otherwise, we wouldn't have these great uh, inventions and artistic works, when the truth is that these things are relatively new innovations, about, say, 200 years old. And, of course, Mozart was before that. And mm-hmm. and so we, we've had all of the uh, – Shakespeare wrote without the benefit of all this stuff, and, in fact, we haven't had a Shakespeare since. So apparently a uh, monopoly um, – privileged by the government has not been sufficient to create another uh, Mozart or Shakespeare. Um, so if you go by those arguments, those arguments are abject failures on an, on an empirical basis. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it makes perfectly good sense to me when you when you look at it from that, that standpoint. So um, I, I, th- I think one thing that's happened, Mark, is that in the past, there was, before the digital era, okay, there was sort of a unification of tangible goods and with the idea embedded in them. So you could sell a, an LP record, let's say, and you really didn't have to worry. Even if there were no copyright law, there's only one company making this LP record. It's not easy to duplicate it, so they can make money off of it. But nowadays, with the proliferation of digital information, easy file sharing, the Internet, now we see more and more this uh, sort of a divergence between the content and the information that used to be stored on things and the things they're stored on. And this, what this does is it makes apparent the abuses that uh, IP laws have to result in if they're going to start being enforced in an era like we have nowadays. Um, now, the uh, I guess um, you know when I'm I'm thinking about intellectual property, I just wonder. You know that th- those things are uh, obvious as far as the the roots um, of them, but how does uh, f- a fraud enter into it? I was just talking with uh, somebody yesterday about this, and you know, if I were to um, you know write uh, it on a red can in white letters, uh, Coca Cola. I mean, mm-hmm. I may very well, uh, you know, if, if you in a world where there is no intellectual property laws. I, I still feel that I'm, uh, you know, committing fraud against the person who's purchasing that can. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. 
Yes, and, and I think you bring up a really good point. And in and, and my course, what I, what I want to do is I want to explain as a, as a ground, uh, as, a, as an initial matter, try to explain the different types of intellectual property to people. Because if you notice when you have laymen talk about intellectual property, they mix these things up all the time. Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll refer to something that's a copyright as a trademark, as a patent, and vice versa, and they really don't know what they're talking about. And I'm not blaming from them. This is a complicated, arcane area of the law. Who I do blame are the advocates of IP, especially libertarian advocates of IP, especially the ones who don't even know what they're talking about. You'll see this all the time. Um, you or I will point out you know, one example after the other of an outrageous obvious injustice of the application of modern IP law, patent, copyright, even trademark or trade secret. And the, the defender of IP will say, well, I'm not in favor of that. Of and then when you say, well, then what, what are you in favor of? And they'll say, well, I'm not a legal specialist. I don't know. So it's, it's almost like these theists who, who advocate God, but they won't define what it is. It's, I mean, how can you argue against this? Um, so what in my course, what I want to do is I want to explain very carefully what the difference is between copyright, patent, trademark, and say trade secret, and then explain in, in further lectures how these things relate to libertarian theory related to property theory, homesteading, individual rights, causation, and fraud, and contract theory. And so you brought up the issue of fraud, and I think you're perfectly correct that – an aspect of trademark law could be justified based upon fraud. Now, not the entire modern uh, trademark law, which gives the right to sue to the person who has the trademark. By your example, the person that is wronged is the customer who's been defrauded by it, the fake Coca-Cola label, correct? Indeed, but wouldn't you think that if we – I mean if, if logic was applied to the circumstance that it would likely be Coca-Cola that would round up the people that had been defrauded and then bring the suit in whatever arbitration organization that was out there? I mean they would kind of create some kind of class action situation if such a thing was able to exist. I mean they would still be the, the, the motor behind that. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think I think it's possible to argue that, but even that requires another libertarian theory of the class action, which has problems of its own. But but let's suppose that we go with this theory that we're going to transfer, we're going to assume that all of the customers of the state Coca-Cola guy impl- implicitly consent to the real Coca-Cola guy suing on their behalf. Still, in, even in that case, the real Coca-Cola is suing on behalf of or as the agent of the defrauded customer. Right. And he can only they can only sue when there's actual fraud. The problem with modern trademark law, which is not a surprise because it is propounded by the state, which has no really uh, uh, meters of justice to limit what it does, trademark law is not limited to cases of fraud. For example, let's suppose um, uh, you are in Turkey and you see a fake Louis Vuitton bag for $10. I've done that. Cost a thousand, right? <laughs> well, it wasn't a Louis Vuitton no, bag, but uh, it was a uh, Calvin Klein sweatshirt. And, and still, it was great. Okay, so let's say you buy a Calvin Klein sweatshirt for $10. Now, are you, Mark Edge, defrauded when you buy that bag? Oh, no. I knew better. I was glad now, to now, get the, the deal I was. Copyright, under current trademark law, uh, Calvin Klein can sue the guy who sold you that shirt, sure. even though you were not defrauded. So I agree. If we anchor... Uh, modern trademark law in libertarian principles of fraud and contract theory and property law, then a version of it could be salvaged, but not what it has now. And it's, but but the point is the modern 
um, IP law is primarily represented by patent and copyright, yeah. which are my primary targets and which are the big evils. Yes. Well, I, I mean, thank you for spending a little time talking about <laughs> IP with me. But, uh, you know, I guess what we probably should talk is about the, the Mises uh, course here. And I have some questions about uh, uh, these Mises courses. You said they came out, they started about nine months ago. Yes, they did. I think Bob Murphy uh, had the first course on the Austrian business cycle theory, and there are several more coming out starting in January, and mine Jeff- is starting uh, next Monday. Didn't we have Jeffrey? I think we had Jeffrey Tucker on uh, to talk about uh, one of his courses, too. Does that sound right to you? Uh, I don't think Jeff is giving a course. Jeff is uh, Jeff is intimately involved in getting the Mises Academy going. Mm. Uh, he's the vice president of publications at Mises. Um, and yeah. That memory is a slippery thing. So <laughs> I had somebody on talking about it, but I don't remember exactly. And I guess I have a few questions. Likely uh, there are people listening who didn't hear that interview. So this, uh, if I take this Mises course, obviously I walk away with a, a foundation and libertarian thought centered around intellectual property. What else do I get? Do I get a, some kind of certificate? Can these certificates pile up into something that someone's going to call a degree, even if that degree isn't credited? I mean, exactly what have they managed to grow out of this? Uh, the, I mean, is this the equivalent, the online equivalent of auditing a course? Well, here, here's here's the thing. I think we, we are on the forefront of a new uh, a new model of, of education, and at present, primarily the people who are taking these courses are people who have a, a true interest in learning. They're not doing it for course credit because they don't get the course credit. Now, they can, of course, list this on their resume if they want to, but at present, the state monopoly in education has this accrediting lockdown. Uh, but you know, if you're familiar with the Mises um, University, which is every July, it's a week-long course. Students from all over the world travel to Auburn, Alabama, which is not a pleasant place to be uh, <laughs> weather-wise in, in July, let me tell you that, and they go there just to learn Austrian economics. Can, can they playing course credit for that? No, but they're learning, and I, I'm sure most of them put it on their resumes. Um, what I think is going to happen is this, Mark. I think we're going to see over the next 10, 15, 20 years a gradual erosion of the power of the university and the state-accredited edu- system to be the main way of proving that you have an education. And I think you're going to see uh, the rise of private sort of certification agencies that show, for example, that you have taken a private educational course. Um, I read a story about um, um, these Indian students um, who took the entire electrical engineering curriculum that MIT offers for free off of iTunes U, and they just studied it on their own from their house. Now, they don't have an accredited degree, but they got a job as an engineer, as engineers, because they showed that they had taken the courses, and they were actually good at it, and they learned the information. I think you're going to see uh, things like that happening. Now, at present, in our course, we have uh, a certificate of completion of the course is offered if you take the exam, which is voluntary or optional. We will give an exam, and for people who pass, they will get the certificate of completion. Uh, And for others, they'll get a certificate of attendance or something like that. Um, uh, So it's totally up to the student. It's totally up to what you want to learn. Uh, But it's a really interesting technological platform. They use DimDim. They can see me speaking. They can see my PowerPoint presentations. There's a chat room where the students get to know each other and ask questions. And what, there's a question and answer session and even, even office hours where I can answer further questions. Now, um, what time does it occur, and can one uh, sort of attend a recorded version of the course? Um, 
my course will be uh, for six weeks starting November 1st, which is next Monday at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. Uh, and there'll be a week break in the middle, so it'll be about six weeks. It's for, for an hour and a half. Uh, we may have office hours on the weekends. That, that's to be determined. And I believe there will be a recorded version of the lecture for people who miss, you know, miss some of the lectures live. Does that mean that you have to attend some of the lectures live in order to get uh, some kind of certification? Because, uh, for instance, I could not take your course because I'm working at uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. So, no, you, you don't have to. Uh, it, it's up to the professor what kind of participation they want to require. Mm-hmm. All I'm requiring is um, taking the course either recorded or live, Okay. and, and then it's actually optional whether you want to take the, uh, the course or not. So you can listen to it however you want. As long as you pay the tuition and you attend the course, either recorded or live, uh, then you'll get, you'll get at least the minimal certificate of completion. And, um, okay, let's see. The, so it, did you say it was six weeks with a break in the middle? Yeah, six weeks starting November 1st, so there will be three weeks and then one break off or I think um, I think it's a Thanksgiving week and then three weeks more. Thanks. And we'll, 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 you know, we'll discuss the foundation of, of, of intellectual property, the history, um, and then the various theories that have been given in favor of it and against it. And then we will integrate it into free market and libertarian theory. So um, the as far as uh, the, the course goes um, and the, the time frames, how what does one what does one pay for uh, you know a course like this? I, I I don't know what is BC's charging. Well, so the tuition is varying per course. Uh, this it depends usually on the length of the course or, or its uh, popularity. Uh, this one is one hundred and twenty five dollars per student for tuition. Um, some of the earlier courses have been more, some have been less. Um, and uh, so, so that's the tuition that is paid, and uh, it's 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 a it's a nice system that Mises has, where the revenue is shared with the professor to give them an incentive to to teach in their own free time, and have office hours, and to answer questions on the on the boards. We have a very sophisticated um, uh, website set up that's powered by the the back end of Mises using DimDim, which has all kinds of forums and student chat sessions and. Um, uh, assignments from the professor and um, automatic grading of the multiple choice quizzes or essay questions, which won't be automatically graded yet, of course. Um, <laughs> so it's a pretty impressive system. Be pretty impressive if you could automatically grade a an, an essay question. Yeah, we're not quite there yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Stefan, anything else you want to share about the course? Uh, thanks very much for for doing the interview. No, I'm just I'm looking forward to it. I would just say that uh, even people that are not um, 100% sold on the IP idea uh, th- that I'm pushing are welcome. It's not going to be some kind of orthodox uh, line push where you're you know ostracized if you don't agree. But I believe even people that are quasi somewhat pro intellectual property that are libertarians, you will get a lot of background information. You'll get a lot of um, arguments that challenge kind of conventional arguments in favor of the pro-IP position. Well, for goodness sake, those people should be the ones that are dying to take your course. I mean, for goodness sake, how often does your your opponent give a course so that you find out all his arguments? I mean, this is uh, obviously those people would would be falling all over themselves to take the course, right? (laughs) I agree. I just want want to know they're welcome. I mean, we all have gone through struggling with difficult issues and... uh, you know, I did it myself for years, and um, it, now this will not be an, an Internet argument session. Um, this will be one way. I'll be speaking. There won't be two-way video. Excuse me. You can't have, uh, you know, 100 students um, and one professor 
the two-way video at the same time. Um, but I think it will be a nice format, and it should be fun for everyone involved, both uh, the students pro-IP and anti-IP and, and myself. Very cool. Um, and where does one go to uh, as far as websites and stuff like that to, uh, to get involved? Uh, the primary place would be academy.mises.org. Academy.mises.org. Academy. Very good. Thanks, Stefan Kinsella. Thank you very much, Mark.